I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Thin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to ThinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word SID. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Something very, very sexy about Leonard Skinner and Freebird. I don't know what it is, but um, that is a great way to start this Tuesday morning. Lou Rufino once again kicking all the tunes on this Tuesday morning with the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in New York. Although, although I had some big-time radio execs tell me last night uh, just about the same. We are the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show on Talk Radio 77 WABC on this Tuesday morning as we inch closer to spring of 2022, baseball season, 60-plus degree temperatures, and all things good. With all things good, here he is, folks, my partner, the best in the business, the great Bernard McGurk. Happy Tuesday morning, Bernie. How are you, pal? Living the dream, said Rosenberg, my kind, talented partner, the best in the business. He says, look who's talking is what I say to you. Uh, thank you, pal. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, last night I did something, uh, Bernard, that I don't uh, ordinarily do. I actually made my way out now twice in the last week. You, you remember last Wednesday you were at Sloan, but I did uh, take John Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez up on their offer to join them at the PAL luncheon at the Harvard Club. The Harvard Club. By the way, my friend, her name is Laura Gilbert. I told you about the Gilberts before. Late of Lido Beach, the kids grew up. They sold the house. They moved to Battery Park. They couldn't be happier. She is a board member of that uh, aforementioned PAL uh, uh, organization that John Katzmatidis heads up. Oh, wow, awesome. Okay, yeah, John. She's looking for you, by the way. Was she, 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 was she, she there that day? She saw you, but she couldn't get access to you. That's how big a star you are these days. <laughs> I swear to God. Well, that was cool. I, mean, I was actually sitting at the table with a bunch of our friends, uh, Bernie, the Reverend, the Rabbi, and Lydia, and, and a host of others, uh, Todd uh, and Liz Shapiro. But Kathy Hochul was at the table right in front of me, and we know how, how rough that was. But I'm glad I went... It was a cool experience, and it was great to be with John and Chad and Emily and George and the whole crew and blah, blah, blah. 
So last night was the annual, uh, what do they call those, the um, Mike Awards, the Golden Mike Awards. You familiar with these? Uh, Maybe. Maybe in the past, but I've blocked them out since. So as of this moment, I have no idea what the hell they are. Well, me either. So Chad invited me last week and uh, tells me it's black tie. Yesterday it's too late. I mean, I, I wore a blue suit and a white shirt and a red tie, and I thought I looked great. I really did, but I wasn't wearing a, a tuxedo like Mark Simone, I can tell you that. But uh, this is a, a big event. It's an annual event, and the organization, Bernie, is headed up by two guys you know very well, former sales guy at CBS, WFAN, for many, many years, dear friend Scott Herman, and the guy that really runs the organization, former ESPN guy Tim McCarthy. Those two guys oh, run. Oh, my God. Yeah, your boy Timmy. So, Timmy, the best in the business, an incredible individual as a human, just on a, on, a, on a personal level, just a wonderful man. Couldn't agree more. Uh, but the one-two punch of Tim and Scott is very, very special. So they had this uh, dinner last night at the Plaza, Bernard, the Plaza Hotel. Plaza Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, John Katzmatidis at his own table. And, uh, you know, John, it's like Gotti. You know, you know who's going to be at the table. There's going to be George. There's going to be Chad. There's going to be Emily. And we sprinkle in some WABC talent. For example, mm-hmm. last night it was me, Curtis Lee, Frank Morano, and Dominic Carter with Lydia. Last make, a little, week. make a little room for uh, Dominic over there, please, man. Huh? <laughs> All right, just squeeze in there, sit down, and be quiet. Well, they do come over and kiss the ring. That's how big it is. No doubt me. about oh, it. Oh, he's the man. John's the man. And, you know, Chris Oliveira was there. It's great to see Chris. He still runs all of the CBS intercom stations here in New York, including WFAN. I've got a long history with Chris 20 years ago. He was my intern. Now he's been running CBS for many, many, many years. And Chad, of course, worked alongside Chris Oliveira as well. So it was a really nice event. And they honored a lady who's been on the show with you and I many times, Bernie, a lady that actually wrote a chapter in my book. Like you did, the very first book I wrote 12 years ago, You're Wrong and You're Ugly, and the first ever female Hall of Famer, and the only, I believe, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the very lovely Leslie Visser. I know you like Leslie. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, Wonderful, fun lady. As a matter of fact, she was married to Dick Stockton. Yes. The uh, the vaunted broadcaster for many, many years, but uh, an Imus regular, Leslie Visser, and just a fun, nice lady, yeah. Yeah, that's right. She was married to Dick Stockton all those years, and they, in fact, they lived in uh, Boca Raton in Florida. She was listening to my morning show every day. She has since remarried a guy named Bob, but uh, and her and Dick are, no, uh, Dick are no longer together. But uh, long story short, she was honored last night. She was great. And the lady that actually ran the whole, I guess, the whole uh, evening is, uh, I like this lady a lot. Uh, Al Roker's wife. You know who she is, Deborah Roberts? I've heard the name. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not personally uh, familiar with her, but I have heard the name. And he's, he married, He remarried her, actually. Yes. And apparently uh, he's very happy with her. She's very cute. She did a very good job last night. But all this is leading up to uh, I'm leaving after Leslie spoke. It was like 830. i got to be up early. There was one more speaker. I wasn't staying for that. John left with George, and once John left, I'm like, okay, I'm getting out of here. Oh, my God. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Like, like a nanosecond after he leaves. Oh, bro, I ran to the cab on Fifth Avenue <laughs> like, like Carl Lewis. Yeah, so, yeah, like Forrest Gump. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, Forrest like, like, Gump. like Usain Bolt. <laughs> I really did. And it was a lovely evening. Again, it was a beautiful, you know, the plaza is gorgeous, and the, 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 the room was beautiful. It was very, very nice. But as I'm walking out, Oliveira goes to say goodbye, and he goes, hey, Sid. You remember, you'll know this name, Bernard. You remember Dan Mason, don't you? <laughs> when Mike Francesa, who to this day continues to lie 
about how he uh, he didn't really want anybody. Once Chris Russo left FAN, according to Mike, yeah, he reached out to Stephen A. Smith. He reached out to Bill Simmons and a host of others. But Mike continues this lie that he never really reached out to anybody hard. And you know, of course, Bernie, that I still have emails from Francesca and Chernoff from 2008, 2009, including a private meeting, which nearly got me fired down in Miami, where I met uh, Big Mike and Chernoff at a diner. In Astoria. Do you remember that diner that was by WFAN right there? Neptune. Right, right, right Neptune. There. Neptune, yes. yeah. Yes. Neptune, uh, right by 31st Street yeah. at the entrance to the Grand Central Parkway. Yeah, yeah this was a big uh, kerfuffle uh, between us, uh, actually, you and uh, Mike Francesa, a couple of years ago on the show. Yeah, and ended up in the New York Post a couple of days. And just last week, he lied again. He put on Twitter, I, I reached out to Stephen A. Smith. He was the only one I was serious about. But, of course, he's lying. He tried to hire me and Max Kellerman. It was a whole big deal. And Eddie Erickson used to drive him to these secret 6 a.m. meetings with Leslie Moonvis, who at the time was running CBS, and Dan Mason to get me hired. And Mike thought he would get it done because he was Mike Francesa. And they said, no, he's too toxic. He worked with Imus, blah, blah, blah. You can't hire him. And Mike was so embarrassed he couldn't get it done that today he, he just denies he even tried it. But that's the same Dan Mason who last night says to me on the way out, Bernie, he goes, man, I am so happy for your success. You guys are doing great. You and Bernie, you're doing great. And I love the article about you today. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you, Dan. Thank you. And I walk out of here and I go, what article is he talking about? <laughs> I had no idea. But there it is. Once again, who's coming up big here? Gabby Lopez, Eric Salas. I tell you every morning, and so does Bernard, watch this radio show on television. WABCradio.tv. WABCradio.tv. So it turns out I did an interview last week with a guy from Inside Radio. I've forgotten about it. I swear, Bernie. And yesterday it ran. WABC Sid Rosenberg isn't a mobster, but Hollywood likes the way he plays one. With the picture of me on the Columbus Day float, and then the article goes on to put up a picture of me on the cover of FLG magazine. Talks about John Katz and Matidis. Talks about me and you, Bernie, being number one. The station success, WABC, all that good stuff. It's a great column up there right now. And uh, Dan Mason congratulated me, and it wasn't until I was in the cab on the way home that I actually saw it. And then, of course, I send it to you, and uh, you love the column. Great picture of you in the streets. Looking very dapper, but uh, a little a little mobbish, I would little say. A little bit, a little bit. Which is what I think they, they were uh, aspiring to. Yeah, that, that is actually from the, uh, you can't see, but I'm actually standing in a convertible Cadillac. That picture was taken, Bernie, at the Columbus Day Parade, uh, seven, Joe Piscopo, the whole thing. That's where that picture was from. So great job by uh, Inside Radio, uh, doing a very good job of promoting Bernie and Sid and all the Hollywood stuff I've got coming up. Again, uh, I'm leaving Sunday. I will not be here next week. Bernie's got you covered, and I'll be back in two weeks. So the question is, by the time I get back from Hollywood and back on the air with you, not next Monday, but the Monday after Bernard, will the number one story in the world, and I'm begging you say no, I'm hoping you say no, will the number one story in the world still be Ukraine-Russia? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I would imagine so. When you get back, well, let's see, that would be... Two or three weeks. Uh, uh, ne- next Monday, so I get back to the uh, 28th. It'll be Monday the 28th. Well, I ho- let's just say that I hope not. I mean, it c- could go either way. Uh, we have some audio played a little bit later. The U.N. Uh, Secretary General, the United Nations Secretary General, saying we're in uh, real danger of a nuclear war breaking out any day now. He said that yesterday. It could go that way or it could go, hey, Putin is like, yo, this thing just fell apart on me. I got to sue for peace. I got I got to accept conditions that I may, might not wanted to have accepted in the past. 
in the re- very recent past, and he may settle for uh, some sort of uh, peace agreement. So I, I actually don't know. You're asking me to prog- prognosticate. Every time I, I prognosticated, I predicted that Snoop Dogg would not perform halftime of the Super Bowl. He did. And sure enough, he was front and center. He was like, yep. and, and he still, he's on these Corona beer commercials. So uh, you know, he's, got, he's got a brand new show that's, I believe, started last week or this week, a prime time weekly show with Kelly Clarkson on NBC. He's never done better. Never done better. Disgrace. So I know. Uh, my, my answer to you is probably the answer would probably be yes. Yeah. The killing will continue because uh, these people, you know, they're very bullheaded. They're very, very bullheaded. <laughs> these Russians, these Ukrainians, they don't want to agree to nothing. They, they want to fight. Yeah. And so I would imagine that it would still be uh, front and center, hopefully not involving any nukes. Right. And, and again, right. it wouldn't be nukes, uh, you know, flying over to New York City, which, by the way, the Russians would miss us by 100 miles. They'd hit Camden, New Jersey instead because they're so incompetent. <laughs> right. But it, it will be nukes, uh, you know, lo- locally, uh, tactical nukes yeah. in the area. So, but my answer, short answer is, I believe the answer is uh, sadly yes. You believe yes. Okay, now uh, the Russians making their way towards Kiev. There's now a 35-hour curfew in Kiev. But the story that made me laugh yesterday is the White House getting tough with China. Consequences if it helps Russia. What is the problem? And I could be wrong here. You're much smarter than me. But when you read White House warns China of consequences if it helps Russia, this is just my opinion, but what is the problem with that statement? I'll give you the answer right off the bat. Don't even worry about it. The yeah. answer is they've already helped them. If you don't think that uh, Xi Xi and Putin have had a bunch of talks the last couple of weeks leading up to this invasion, and since they've invaded, you're somewhere between naive and stupid and probably closer to the latter. So this idea the White House is going to get tough, first of all, they've already talked. I guarantee you that, Joe Biden. Second of all, if they haven't, and I'd be shocked, why don't you do what Donald Trump would do and take a pre-measure and take a pre-measure to scare China just in case they do rather than wait, wait for the inevitable? Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that uh, strategy right there. Uh, but I would say this in favor of uh, perhaps the Chinese not aiding Russia at this point is that they've they've lost. China doesn't want to be affiliated with losers. If, uh, if if Putin and the Russians had conquered Ukraine as they had hoped to do in three days, four days, it would be a totally different story right now. But right now, you they, have a they, humiliated. They haven't, they haven't lost. Uh, they haven't lost. I, I, They're agreed, still killing agreed. people. I mean, look, they, it hasn't been impressive. It's kind of like you know U.S. Vietnam. We took way too many losses, but. It hasn't been impressive, but they are still kicking the living daylights out of these people. Oh, killing people every day. Vice versa, vice versa. Actually, the uh, the the Ukrainian resistance, the military, putting up a fierce, fierce battle. Again, it's just uh, the the expectations of what they were. They have fallen way short of expectations, and it may be that China's saying, "Listen, you idiots! I thought you had this under control. I thought this was going to be like a three, four day operation." They may not want to be affiliated with okay. losers like that. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'm just saying. No, you may be right. I don't know. I don't look at it like they're, they're being humiliated. In fact, I think most people think they're just kicking the living daylights out of the Ukraine, despite Ukraine putting up a decent fight. Well, the then fact why that, haven't they taken the city yet? Well, but they, well, they have. Of course they have. They took, well, Mar- they took Maripol. That's basically theirs. They've taken cities to the west of, uh, of Kiev. Of course they have. They're not firmly in control of not, any not, major not city. Not yet, but they're murdering innocent men, women, and children. They, they are that. I and, mean, Ukra- and, the Ukrainians aren't doing 
hearing that, so I don't know how they're losing the war. Ukrainians are putting up a good fight, the military, but the innocent people are dying in the streets. Right, That's not exactly it, winning the war. It ain't over yet, but it's way longer it's gonna get than, worse. They, than they expected. Well, it may way be. Longer. You're right. It may be longer. It's but, a quagmire. You see what, what happened with the Russians in Afghanistan? Yes. Turned into a quagmire. Yeah. They were there. They were killing people. Everything was, you know, uh, uh, along those lines. But it was unsustainable. I mean, it, they were they weren't gaining anything. They were losing at the same time. They've lost like, uh, for, for, I believe, between four thousand and five thousand Russian soldiers so far, which is an enormous amount of soldiers yes, to yes. have lost thus far. And uh, so I believe they are being humiliated at this point. Uh, I really do, and that hurts their stature and their ability to, you know, recruit allies like, say, well, China. Interesting. All right. You may be right. Is Bo Deedle coming on today live from California? Bo actually went to Hollywood Sunday. He's shooting the same movie I'm shooting, but he's shooting this week and I'm shooting next week. Uh, he's scheduled to come on at 4.40 a.m. local time in California this morning. Do we know if Bo is still coming on? Justin, what, what have you heard from uh, Bo Deedle? He's going to get up at 4.30? I texted him yesterday. He said yes. I, I said yes. I texted him the day before, every day, and he said He's yes. Psycho. I'm with you, buddy. I think he will, too. He'll be yeah. up at 4.30. Do I call. know Bo Deedle. <laughs> so, ain't missing this. Now, Bo Deedle will be on at uh, 7.40 live from California, where he's shooting the Gemini Lounge, coming up at 8.40 live in studio, and he can't wait to talk to you because he was on last week, Bernie, but he does miss you when you're not here. And that is our dear friend, the famed defense attorney, Joe Tacopina, live in studio. Then he's taking me to Cipriani for lunch, that son of a bitch. And then at uh, 925, we'll talk to Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman. And he'll talk about his trip to Albany today where he's going to fight about the criminal bail reform. So three great guests. Lydia reports. Beat Bernie. Going to be an amazing Tuesday show. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. That's the number as always. Welcome to Bernie and Sid. On a Tuesday. Come on, Pete. Start moving. Got to get me there. Hey. 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 Ah, Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a great app. 77 WABC app. Also simulcast out on... Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM, and you can check out the studio. You can check out the live broadcast on your smart TVs, on your smart on your computers at WABCRadio.tv. I'll follow along as Sid uh, tries to look like a homeless person for his role out in uh, Los Angeles. Well, which... t- today's the last day that I'm allowed to shave. Literally, today's the oh, last day. I start shooting a week day. from tonight. Okay. So right, well, you... you'll notice by Friday... I still look relatively clean-shaven today. I did shave on Sunday. Bernie, I knew I had the Channel 11 sports thing with Melusis Sunday night. I know we had the big uh, the dinner last night with Katsimatidis. So I did shave Sunday. I will shave today, and that'll be it for the next, like, two weeks. You're going to shave your back, too, or what? Always, bro. Always. <laughs> and my that. privates? You know that. Oh, it's Thursday. Thursday's coming. Thursday. Up. Oh, you are so good. What Come a great on, memory. <laughs> Come on. I'm like an elephant over here. Hey, listen, speaking of homeless, uh, they... I guess it's breaking news. They arrested the uh, the homeless serial killer down in D.C. Believe it or not, that's uh, just breaking now. I guess he killed about six people between D.C. and uh, New York. And it's really, uh, it was a nasty videotape of this guy kicking the homeless guy in his sleeping bag before, you know, pumping up like two or three bullets into him. It's unbelievable. But the, the way the, the animals out there, the, dis- the callous disregard for life, 
I don't care if he's homeless or what. I mean, what, whether the guy's sleeping on the freaking uh, on, on a sidewalk, what are you killing him for? I mean, you know, he doesn't belong there. I agree, but he doesn't. He doesn't deserve to die anyway. Uh, yesterday, Eric Adams, our esteemed mayor, who's overseeing this uh, tremendous rise in crime over the last few months, he actually spoke about the uh, well, this homeless serial killer, and uh, just take a listen to what. Uh, the genius Eric Adams said about the uh, homeless uh, serial killer. Take a listen to 25. Someone knows this person. We're asking for the public to find him. We don't want to lose another resident in this city, in New York, or anywhere else. This person is carrying out a premeditative act of shooting innocent people. There you go. Uh, is premeditative a word? Uh, premeditated is a word, yes. Pre- no, 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 no. Premeditative. Premeditative. Of course not. No, no. I don't think it is. No. Uh, but uh, I may be wrong. I, he, I don't want to. I think uh, he's actually gone past Chris Russo now. I was going to say king of the malaprops. They're not even malaprops. He just he just says words incorrectly. I mean, you know, Curtis Leewood does the uh, the Leo Gorsi Bowery Boys act. Right. Uh, but uh, Eric Adams, I think he's trying to be uh, Walt Clyde Frazier, but he ain't, he, he ain't quite there. I mean, he's got to get the words correctly. You know what's funny about Walt Clyde Frazier? Yesterday we played a cut of Kevin Durant scoring a basket against the Knicks Sunday, that controversial, massless Kyrie Irving game, Bernard. And all morning long I said Mike Breen on the call. It sounded like Breen actually got a direct message from his wife, Roe, last night who said, Love you, love Bernie, the show sounds great, but that was not my husband at the game on Sunday. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Mike's actually, he's, he was out on the West Coast over the week. He's been out on the West Coast for uh, well over a week, okay, starting with the, when, when the Knicks were out there for uh, the Clippers and Sacramento. And then, Mike, uh, I believe he stayed for the uh, this past weekend where he did, he did uh, one of the big West Coast games. I forget which one. But, uh, yeah, so it wasn't Mike. But uh, funny you should bring up the Nets and Kyrie Irving. The, the Nets actually fined the, – the Nets were actually fined by the city fifty grand because Kyrie Irving went into the uh, Nets locker room during that infamous game the other day where, you know, he's, 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 he's a player, he's maskless, he's in the stands, but he can't play on the uh, court. The Nets actually did end up getting fined by the city by this stupid – uh, incoherent policy the city has that Eric Adams has put forth. Uh, so you have that. And uh, also, you, you, you were asking me about the, the war, and this got a lot of play. This is the U.N. Secretary General. I mentioned it in the last segment. I'll play the clip now. A, a real dire uh, prediction, a real scary prediction from the U.N. Uh, Secretary General. By the way, the U.N. should be, you know, uh, 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 tell everybody to get the hell out of the building over there on uh, West 42nd, East 42nd Street, whatever the hell it is, and then have that building imploded and get the U.N. the hell out of New York City. But anyway, here's what the U.N. Secretary General said regarding the war in Ukraine. Take a listen to this. Cut three, 13, Lou. Further escalation of the war, whether by accident or design, threatens all of humanity. Raising the alert of Russian nuclear forces is a bone-chilling development. The prospect of nuclear conflict, once unthinkable, is now back within the realm of possibility. The security and safety of nuclear facilities must also be preserved. It's time to stop the horror unleashed on the people of Ukraine and get on the path of diplomacy 
and peace. The conflict, uh, the possibility of nuclear conflict. He sounds like Dracula, for God's sake. <laughs> he does. But that was, uh, that was a pretty uh, ominous uh, uh, sort of prediction from this guy. Uh, that we we have as you know that that as a prospect nuclear war because crazy I'm sorry the Ukrainians and the Russians alike they are wild they are they're 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 no holds barred is what they are but never fear said Rosenberg never fear we have some really good people at the top of the government down in Washington D.C. we do the, the idiocracy as I call it and uh, one of them is of course is uh, General Nancy Pelosi. Here, Nancy Pelosi, she's channeling, listen to this, she's channeling her inner patent, Nancy Pelosi, on the war in Ukraine. This is hilarious. Take a listen to uh, Cut 14, little place. Myself, when I see that, that, those tanks, that 40 miles of tanks, I'd like to take out those tanks. I mean, I, I think that air, uh, them having more planes might be useful, but that I'm not a, a military sp- strategist. <laughs> what a mess. What a mess. Oh, my God. Is she any worse than uh, Lloyd Austin? She's actually worse, yeah. Is but she she's any, also yeah? 90. I mean, come on. She's 90. Yeah, but she's third in line for the presidency. You have her, you have Biden, you have Harris, and then you have General Pelosi. That's quite a threesome. Oh, right my God. Somebody uh, shoot me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, apparently she doesn't drink. I, I wouldn't go with that. Her, her office is telling people, no, she doesn't drink. And by the way, Kamala Harris, all the uh, missteps, all the, all the weird, uh, confusing, ignorant, stupid things she said, the rumor is she has a drinking problem. But uh, Nancy Pelosi's office put out a statement and said she does not drink. I, if I were them, I wouldn't put that statement out. Yeah. I would use that as an excuse. Right. It's better than having a stupid problem. Exactly. <laughs> My General- problem is I'm stupid. My problem is, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ancient. I'm a fossil. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, and, uh, and and but I'm third in line for the heart. The third in line from the presidency. Anyway, listen. Traffic and sports is coming up next. Right now, it is time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to Dominic Carter weeknights at midnight. Here, Dominic talks about Andrew Cuomo's comeback. I believe that Andrew Cuomo could win. There's only one thing that could jam him up badly. If he declares that he's running for governor again and just one more woman comes forward to allege that the governor was touchy-touchy-feely-feely, he's done. So if he decides to run, he's got the money. To me, it's almost like a statement on Hochul. You know, I thought she was doing a decent job, but I mean, wow, this guy can come back from political death and he is only trailing you, Madam Governor, by four percentage points. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Quiet night last night locally on the sports front. Nobody played. Nobody. If you like hockey, tonight is a hockey orgasm. All three local clubs back on the ice tonight. We'll start with the Islanders. Islanders will take on the Washington Capitals later on tonight. The Rangers, they're at Madison Square Garden hosting the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. And the Devils are out in Vancouver. Joe Nolan's Devil Hockey Team for a 10 p.m. start out there in Canada. NBA, the Nets are back on the court tonight. They'll take on the Orlando Magic. The Nets come in as the 8 seed, the last playoff team inside the Eastern Conference. They've won two straight. They're now 35-33. and 33. Durant has been red hot the last couple of games. And as Bernard just mentioned, and he's right, the Nets were fined $50,000 
by the NBA for allowing Kyrie Irving to enter the locker room during Sunday's game against the Knicks. And if you look at today's New York Post, a very, very scary picture on the back of the paper. New York Met first baseman Pete Alonzo involved in a horrific car accident. He's completely fine. The car is destroyed. Alonzo okay. It happened Sunday on the way to spring training as the Mets get ready to start the 2022 baseball season. Sports brought to you by our dear friend Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. With sports, I'm Sid. 17 years by her side, broke the same bread. Wore the same clothes and you said We're sisters with nothing between If one of us fall The other will soon be following Both of you fell the same day You don't know You know, and I know you know this, Bernard, because you've been here a lot longer than me, and I was gone for the better part of 16 years, uh, 11 years consecutively once WFN got rid of me in 2005. And I came back, obviously, and I worked basically the whole summer of 2014, and you and I did shows together, but basically gone for like 11 years till I got back in 2016 with you. And then even then, you know, I was in Brooklyn, Manhattan. The family was coming up. I didn't do much on a uh, social level. Uh, but there's a like a whole radio underworld. <laughs> I mean, straight out of like Little Italy or Chinatown, a whole radio underworld. And now that I've gone to a few events over the last couple of weeks, it's always the same people that that go to these things. You know, I know you know all sure. these. You know what I'm talking about, Bernard? I do. Yes. <laughs> it's just, yes, I do. I mean, there's not one event that I've gone to where the first person I don't see is Mark Simone. Not one. And I said, <laughs> well, I said to him last night, I go, I go, listen, some, I love you, baby. I do. I love Mark Simone. He's a terrific guy, great guy. I know Brian Kilmeade is on our station, and Kilmeade was kind enough to tweet about my book a couple of days ago. So he's still our guy. But Simone's a terrific guy. He's a great radio talent. He really is, and, and a good guy. But he he has become uh, a New York sort of socialite. I he is, is he is. And I say, what, what? How do you do this every night? I go, what are you doing? Well, he lives in Manhattan. He lives alone. He actually he's, lives a block away from the plaza. Very nice right. neighborhood. He lives up, uh, yeah, that's right, in the 50s. Shouldn't give that away. but <laughs> he, he, right, right. Well, He's single, and uh, he lives for this. I mean, he just loves it. He's got a, a, a cake gig, 10 to 12, two hours on, on WOR radio, two stinking hours. That's it. And the rest of it is, and he, he, you know, he was the designated fundraiser for uh, PBS for a long time. But he's the guy. He's the, he's the guy you invite to, uh, you know, whatever function you have if you're trying to raise money, blah, right. blah, blah. He's the guy. He's very good at it. He, you know, yeah. he, he headlined the PAL event with uh, Katz and Matides last week, and I told him he did an extraordinary job. Actually, his contract is up uh, this December, so a uh, little, uh, little negotiating war with Ooh, Mark Simone. And, and he, by the way, he has dinner uh, all the time with uh, 
John Katsimatidis all the time. Yes, I think once a week. Yes, once a week. And he's good friends with, uh, you know, O'Reilly, Greg Kelly, all these people. Peter King, all those guys. By the way, he he and I uh, have been friends for years. We did a lot of shows together at WABC Radio, co-hosted, and also uh, held down the fort while that 10 to 12 slot was open after they fired uh, uh, the morning schmuck uh, Joe, Joe Mika. right. See, I didn't know him all that well, but I, I, I remember I told you, Bernard, when I got back to New York in 2016 to work with you, one of the first direct messages I got on my Facebook account was from Mark. And I didn't know him when I was at that thing. I thought it was very nice. Welcome back to New York, and it's great to have you back, and you and Bernie are going to be great. Of course, that didn't stop me from bringing in my son, Gabriel, who was a little boy at the time. He's now 13. I think he was 7. And Gabe cut that very, very funny sounder, which you and I used almost every day. Can Mark Simone it? sucks. Mark Simone sucks. Yes. Yeah. Even though today he sounds more like Barry White. I know. His voice is so Mark deep. Mark Simone sucks. <laughs> but uh, that's, uh, you know, that's life. Uh, listen, he's got a good sense of humor, Mark. So, so we get into the ratings last night, you know, and he goes, you know, you got one set of ratings. We have another. I go, no, 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 no. There's only one set of ratings. He goes, oh, yeah, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Down into the ratings. Down <laughs> yeah, into the ratings. Uh, no, I'm not going to have any ratings discussion with you. Please, I'm begging you. I'm just waiting for John and Chad to show up, and uh, and we'll move on from there. But um, it was an interesting conversation, and, and I asked him flat out. I said, do you like these events? And he, he didn't really answer me. He kind of shook his head, and I couldn't tell. But well, here's the thing. He doesn't drink. Oh, he so, doesn't? Yeah, no, he does not drink. So uh, to me, I don't know how you could possibly like those events. Uh, especially given the the, you know, the amount of events he goes to, but uh, it, it is uh, it, it is wild. I'm looking at the, speaking of John Katsimatidis, I'm looking at him on Fox News right now. Yeah, he's on. Uh, well, no, he they just uh, yes, he is on. Biden blames Putin for surging gas prices, and he's sitting there with the aforementioned our friend Brian Kilmeade, who comes on after me and Bernard. He, you're right. Right now, he's actually live on Fox News talking about Putin and surging gas prices, and he was sitting at that table with us last night as late as 9 o'clock at the Plaza Hotel, wow. and he's already on TV the next morning. Unbelievable. This man is, uh, you know, well, that's why he's a billionaire. Yes, that's why. Uh, it was also uh, fun last night at one point, you know, our counsel, Emily Pankow, who you and I both like very, very, very much, she, uh, you know, she really is an athlete, and she played baseball for many years. Not softball, mind you, but baseball. So she was really into Leslie Visser last night. And uh, I had the opportunity to bring her over to Leslie after Leslie was done speaking and make that introduction. I walked away, and Emily and Leslie were still talking for like 15 more minutes. So that yeah. was kind of cool to put those two together last night because Emily genuinely appreciated hanging out with a female sports Hall of exactly. Famer. She loves yeah. strong women. Yeah. She's a sweetheart and a go-getter. And, yes, the uh, company attorney and, uh, as you point out, an athlete. And a nice, just an all-around nice uh, lady. Very nice lady. And, uh, was again, it was a nice event last night, but it's just funny seeing the same. Mark Simone walks in. Arthur Idala walks in. You can predict yeah. who's walking in next. It's the same crew. <laughs> the same crew every time. Mark Simone, baby. Oh, he's, uh, the good old. He, he, he is, uh, he's an enigmatic character. But you know what? He, he is. But, you know, every day I leave these studios and I get a cab ride home, right? So Gene drives me to work every morning. From the Upper West Side, soon to be a different place in two weeks, thank God. Uh, but he's still going to drive me, Gene. He's a Queens guy. He'll still make the trip. And then I get a lift home, sometimes with a guy named Kenny, sometimes not. But when I do go home, uh, the, the cab driver usually has Mark Simone on in the car. So I, I go to Simone. I go, listen, you're great. You get great ratings. Bernie loves you. I love you. But let's be honest, Mark, okay? 
I'm in the cab at 1030 listening to you. You're saying the same exact thing that me and Bernie said at 830. I said, I- I'm sorry. No one recreates the wheel in this industry. It's same crap all day long. So while you're great and we give you a deserved credit and you're, we love you, you say the same thing I said two hours ago. He didn't deny it. He did not fight it. <laughs> well, listen, basically we're on the same page, uh, you know, politically, culturally, stuff like that. I would imagine, maybe not so much culturally with you, but uh, so yeah, there's going to there's be some uh, there's going to be some repetition, some similarities. But I would imagine his uh, his style and delivery and all that stuff, and his knowledge would uh, would add to his appeal, stuff like that. And by the way, Brian Kilmeade, there's nobody smarter than Brian Kilmeade. I don't mean to uh, pump up Simone at the expense of Kilmeade. Kilmeade is great. Yes, he, agreed. And, and he's the, you talk about a workhorse. He's the exact opposite of uh, Mark Simone. Simone works two hours a day, uh, and, you know, nine to nine to. Excuse me, what is it? Ten to ten 12? to noon. Yeah. And, but you got uh, this. Uh, this Kilmeade. He's got the morning show. He's he's he's, he's co-hosting uh, shows during the day on Fox. Then he's got the Saturday show at 8 o'clock on uh, Fox News. This guy doesn't stop. And the radio show on top of it all. Yeah. He's just a, an incredible, incredible worker. Uh, so they're the two opposites, but they're equally talented. Right now, Katsimatidis with the aforementioned Brian Kilmeade, Americans face record inflation, gas prices. John was on this show last week saying uh, that there was a possibility we could see double-digit inflation. Ron and Santa thought that wasn't out of the, uh, out of the realm of possibility. Uh, talking about gas prices maybe hitting also double digits, maybe as high as $10. Who knows? Uh, what do you think, uh, Bernard? I, uh, we can't hear the audio right now. Obviously, we're watching the video of John and Brian Kilmeade. But how dire do you think this conversation is between John and Kilmeade? Well, I, I, nobody to talk to better than Mr. Katsimatidis, uh, uh, you know, uh, an energy mogul, uh, a broadcast uh, media mogul as well. He knows and uh, he sees, you know, the damage that's being done by, by the crushing our American energy sector, by not unleashing the power that we have. He sees it and it has long-term effects. And as he said many, many times, it has a ripple effect. It is not just uh, prices at the pump. It's not just your, uh, your, your gas prices, heating at home or your oil at home. None of that's – it's food prices. It's everything. Everything gets transported by, via oil, by, via petroleum uh, – you know, by, by the petroleum products, the fossil fuels, everything. And those are the, 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 uh, those are the things that are rising fastest, and it, it trickles down to every stinking thing else. And these guys have no indication that they're going to remedy that. They're digging in with this stupid green zealot agenda. And, again, we're nowhere near ready for this uh, electric uh, revolution that they're talking about. And by the way, who the hell would trust these, these bunch of uh, incompetent misfit, the woke misfits, to, uh, to get up some sort of green energy alternative, uh, you know. Oh, by the way, if you have a, uh, an electric car, that's what they're telling you, buy an electric car, where the hell are you going to charge it up? Yeah. And that's what they're telling you, buy, an elect- buy a $60,000 electric car. Where are you going to charge it up? Where do you see charging stations out there? What if you live in, uh, you know, you live in, you live in the Bronx in a, in a, in a 20-story building. You, you park your car and you're working two jobs. You can't afford, first of all, a $60,000 car. And, again, where are you going? To, we don't have the infrastructure for this stupid stuff. We're already we're, 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 we're situated to use the fossil fuels. We've been using it. We were energy dominant under Trump, and we were killing it. And these people, they've refused to see that. They want to allow, uh, you know, of course, Venezuela and Iran to pump the oil 
to uh, they're begging them for the oil for some reason. They think I don't know. It hurts the environment less because Venezuela and Iran, because despotic uh, regimes actually drill for the oil. It hurts the environment less. What is the thinking? I just don't get it. Makes no sense, except unless, of course, they hate this country and they're hell bent on destroying it. That's well, the only thing I can think of. Well, that may be the answer. It, it, it's, it may be that simple. Sounds crazy. Sounds uh, conspiracy and sounds nuts, but that may be your answer. By the way, follow Bernie and Sid all over social media. Instagram, you can find us at It's Bernie and Sid on Instagram, at It's Bernie and Sid. You can follow me on Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, also on Twitter. Very active there, at Bernie and Sid, at Bernie and Sid. I'm at Sid Rosenberg, at Sid Rosenberg and Bernard is at Bernard McGurk 3 for some reason, but that's his uh, Twitter address. And then, of course, you can follow Bernie and Sid, me and Bernie, all of us on Facebook with our names. Those are the accounts. And we've got a TikTok page as well, which Gina is starting to kick off, and Stephanie over the last couple of days at its Bernie and Sid as well. So follow me and Bernie and the show and all these social media websites. The number, as always, is 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Three great guests stopping by today live from California. He's from the same movie I am in Hollywood. Bo Deedle coming up at 740. In studio, famed defense attorney Joe Tacopita coming up at 840. And on his way to Albany to fight the good fight, Nassau County Executive yeah. Bruce Blakeman. Yes, stopping by at 925. Also a great column today in the New York Post about Lee Zeldin. And, uh, you know, I know Andrew Giuliani told you and I weeks ago that he's killing it in the early polls and winning. New York Post, uh, a big story about Lee Zeldin today says he's actually doing very, very well in the fight leading up to the big race against Kathy Hochul. So, so much to do. Very exciting Tuesday morning right here on Bernie and Sid on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Gin Blossoms, Lou Rufino on fire, 6.58 on your Tuesday morning. So there's a, a black market in Russia, I guess, these days uh, for the Big Mac. Now, I haven't had a Big Mac in a very long time. I will be honest. I used to have the, uh, and you remember this, Bernard, very well when you were here. Every morning I had the Egg McMuffin with a hash brown and a coffee and a juice. And I stopped doing that because the school Nicole Peepus was annoying me, some gym trainer out in New Jersey. So I stopped doing it, but... Well, she had your best. She had the best intentions. She had your interests yes. at heart. So go ahead. That's true. But I do once a week still indulge and go for lunch once a week, not every day. And I go to McDonald's and I always get the same thing: the number seven meal, which consists of two cheeseburgers, a small fries, and a diet coke. And that's that's what I do. Every now and then, Bernie, if I really want to get kinky, I throw in like a uh, like that spicy chicken sandwich. But I haven't had a yeah. Big Mac in ages, and I love the Big Mac. Uh, of all the hamburgers, I, I, I know it. I get it. Wendy's is better, and uh, so is Shake Shack. So is Five Guys, blah, blah, blah. So is the Whopper. But for some reason, I've always been a Big Mac guy. I know it's awful. I know the meat is no, awful. No, it's not. I, I had a Big Mac two days ago. No, I, you I, didn't. I am the exact opposite. Now that I, no since way. I've been, since I've been receiving chemo, <laughs> the goal is to not lose weight. So they tell me, eat whatever the hell you want. No, I had a Big Mac two days ago. No, I don't. Be, I, I don't, had, I don't I had, believe it. I had two egg McMuffins. I, uh, uh, no, I think it was. No. 
uh, Saturday and Sunday, I had two Egg McMuffins. I had the big, big breakfast at McDonald's, which consists of eggs, sausage, uh, uh, pancakes, I had that plus I had a, uh, an egg McMuffin. But I'm not yes, buying I had, any of this. I had a Big Mac. I swear to God, it was I, I don't buy it, it was fantastic. And I and I had the uh, those what do you call those potato crisps in the morning? What do you call those things? Oh, those are uh, hash browns. Oh, the hash browns. Fries. I, yeah, I, yeah, I had them. I had them. No, fan, come on, fan freaking fantastic. <laughs> There's no way. I've been with you for no, six I, years. I know. You, no, I'm you, telling you, you have like brand cereal and a, it, and a banana. Well, now uh, uh, circumstances have changed, and I'm trying to keep weight. And I'm eating whatever the f I want. I love this, God! And I it's love delicious. this. Is, is there any way Carol or your daughter Mel can take a video or a picture of you eating a Big Mac? Because for me, that's going to be porn. That's going to be so hot. Done, done. You bro. swear? Done. Yes, I swear. How was the Big Mac, by the way? It was out of this world. It well, was great. Burn. If you really so, want to go crazy, throw the hash brown on the Big Mac. Oh, oh come on! Jerry. And then you're, you know, <laughs> this man's unhinged. <laughs> you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to go. To, to McDonald's right now and say, screw your morning <laughs> menu. Make me well, a Big Mac right now. Well, buy a couple because you can make a ton of money selling Big Macs on the black market in Moscow since they shut them all down since Russia invaded Ukraine. I'm not even kidding. So, Bernie eating Big Macs. I mean, this is... That's right. This is Arabs and Jews kissing in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> More of a Bernie and Sid hour number two about to come your way. That's great. I think it's getting near dawn. Or we might be past it. But not now. It's getting near dawn. Oh, here we go. Eric Clapton back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. This is when he was with Cream, if I'm not mistaken, Lou Rafino. You are completely accurate. See, I know what time it is, bro. I know what time it is. By the way, we're also heard out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And on your smart TVs and your computers, you can check us out at WABCradio.tv. Uh, let me just say on this uh, beautiful morning, uh, Tuesday, March 15th, and it is beautiful. It's going to be a beautiful week, folks. A great, great week to be alive. Savor it. St. Patrick's Day Thursday, spring on Monday. Uh, let me just say this to our esteemed leader, the owner of WABC Radio and uh, Red Apple Media. Mr. Katsimatidis, we were talking about you look great on uh, Fox News about 20 minutes ago. Let me be the first to uh, praise you on that. You look terrific, and I'm sure the wisdom that came out of your mouth was, uh, was, was profound. There's no doubt about it. Hey, listen, speaking of uh, profound wisdom, we've been talking a lot, uh, Sid Rosenberg, uh, in the past about a lot of these Democrats who are coming around, these, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're traditional Democrats, not your usual, not the woke Democrats, and... The cowardly Democrats who cave to the woke nonsense, uh, some of them actually stand up. And one of them, almost to the point of uh, ad nauseum, we've been talking about Bill Maher. But he continues. He continues to make news. He actually sat down with uh, Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. Hi, I'm Ben Shapiro. And uh, listen, I don't like Sid Rosenberg because he challenges me uh, when we, whenever I go on the show. <laughs> That's he, true. He asks me, uh, do I really want to be on this show or do I not? <laughs> Uh, anyway, that was interesting when we used to have Ben Shapiro on. and uh, uh, that, was, that was a, a uh, an odd dynamic, him and it, I. And you would sit there sitting next to me going, what is going to happen next? It was awkward. <laughs> it was awkward. But either way. I'm like, ben, hey, Ben, you're a smart guy. You ever get laid? Ever? What? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's the last thing a guy, a religious man like him wants to talk to you about. I know. <laughs> but uh, either way, uh, Bill Maher sat down, yes, with uh, Ben Shapiro, believe it or not. And he talked about. 
you know, about the change in the left, the craziness, the lunacy, you know, with the, all the transgenderism and uh, the defund the police stuff and uh, how it's really, you know, precipitously changed in the last five years. Here they start out talking about the word woke. Uh, this is Luke Cut 23. Please play that. Look, look, I haven't changed at all. My politics hasn't changed. They've changed. People say to me sometimes, you know, have you changed? No. It's, it's that five years ago, no one was talking about defunding the police. I never heard that phrase five years ago. That's not me changing. That's things changing. I'm reacting to it, as I've always been. Um, you know, letting three-year-olds decide what gender they are. This wasn't something five years ago. Exactly right. So uh, he's just stating what we've already known, and uh, it's true. But it's re- very, very refreshing, and I think a lot, a lot of Democrats are coming around. I had the and same I- conversation yesterday outside my building. There's a, there's a young lady. She's cute, very nice. Oh, there's Chad Lopez and John Katsimatidis, fresh off of Fox News in the newsroom here right now. Congratulations, John. That was a great, great, great job this morning, John Katsimatidis. Great job. You handsome devil, you. He's going to come in here quickly before we uh, get to the story about the lady I spoke to yesterday. And you continue, Bernard. He's uh, sitting down in uh, Bernie's seat. Again, uh, Bernie just mentioned, fresh off his appearance on Fox News. It was a great one with Brian Kilmeade. The man himself, Mr. Red Apple Media, our dear friend John Katsimatidis, uh, me and Bernie had you on the whole time. We couldn't hear the audio, obviously. We know you were talking about gas prices, oil, inflation, all those issues. Was it a um, was it a positive conversation, John, or was it more like, oh, my God, we're in big trouble? Well, it, it, it's straightening out, making sure that people understand what's going on. Because a lot of people don't understand what's going on. It's not ExxonMobil that wakes up in the morning and says, let's raise the prices. There's these worldwide traders that are the biggest gamblers in the world. They hedge. They buy, they sell, they buy, they sell. So when they see conflict, they see an opportunity to make money. And I buy it for 100 sell it to you for 105 you sell it to Bernie for 110 and it's just constant. And it took oil from 85.90, took it up to 127 in a Wow. And well, then what? You know what happens with ConocoPhillips and ExxonMobil? At that point, they say, "Well, that's the market," and they say, "Okay, well, that's what we're selling it for because that's the market." But it's all a lot of how would they say it? A lot of crap, a lot of BS, <laughs> because that is what was created uh, with the worldwide traders trading with each other and creating creating a market because of the conflict. In fear, in fear that uh, there's going to be a shortage. Uh, right, no. And um, so people have to understand it. And, and Mr. the Katz- other thing that was brought up on, on Fox was the fact that, that uh, you haven't seen anything yet. The prices you see at the pump right now uh, and the prices you see in the supermarkets right now is 45 days lagging. Those are the prices based on when oil was $80 a barrel. So if it maintains over $100 a battle, then you're going to see higher prices. And food, a lot of announcements have already come that food prices are going to go up from 12 to 20%. Wow. And you know what I said? The best investment is take, go to your supermarket, buy food. 
put it in your cupboard right. because if it's going to go up 12 to 20 percent, you know, you need the food anyway. Right. You got to stock up. Yeah. You got to stock up. But, Mr. Katz, it's also true that the inflation and the energy prices have been going up for a year because of the administration's hostility towards the, our energy sector. And that's not going away. The conflict can stop. They may stop. They may come to a conclusion, uh, a peace agreement in a, in a week, five days, three days, and that'll stop. But the hostility will still force prices to continue to rise. Am I wrong? Bernie, I've had the Alberta uh, Commission uh, down in my office on Friday. They came in, and uh, uh, they, they represent 170 billion barrels in Canada. Alaska has 70 billion barrels, in, uh, and that doesn't count the Arctic Ocean. North America, President Biden, the day he became president, signed an executive order starting an attack on American energy, an attack on American energy. And what we're doing is prices, when uh, President Biden came into power, was, I don't know, 55, 60. And took it from 55, 60 to over 100 now. So it's an, we take American wealth because this is an attack on the poor and the middle class for gas prices and on grocery prices. You're taking wealth from America, moving it over to Russia. We're making the, the Saudi Arabians and the uh, OPEC nations uh, zillionaires again. Venezuelans. Crazy. Crazy. And, 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 well, Venezuela is a sub- subsidiary of Russia right, right now. Right. But the question is the same question all the time, John, and the question is why. Is Joe Biden inept? Is he evil? Does he not care? Is he corrupt? Is somebody else making money? Why would he do this in the face of what's obvious? He's destroying the whole sector. He is destroying. He is causing a problem in North America. North America could be energy independent. My meeting with the uh, Alberta uh, people that were coming down from Canada last Friday was North America should be energy independent. There should be a treaty between uh, Mexico, United States, and Canada. And we could produce up to 15 million barrels a day and become energy independent. Right. Why? You know, it's securities, national security. Why are we on uh, Russia and why are we depending on uh, the OPEC nations? Right. We, we could become energy dominant. And, the re- and wh- why they don't do it, they're not stupid. They know we could do that. There's the certain reason- words, Bernie, that we don't want to use why, why uh, President Biden is doing it. And I don't want to use those kind of words and let the imagination uh, go. Well, I mean, just uh, to, we could put it politely. He's beholden. He's afraid of the Green New Deal zealots is what he's afraid of. I mean, he's beholden to them. He's listening to them. He's just and plus he's half out of it. But the, the people around him, his handlers, uh, they, they're firmly, deeply afraid of the, the, the zealous, the, the progressive wing of their party uh, breaking away and criticizing them. They're, they live in fear of that. Bernie, I have a lot of Democratic friends, and I asked them, why are they doing it? And you know what one of them said? One of them said to me that, well, if we raise the prices of gasoline high enough, people will welcome electric cars. Yeah, right. please. You know, I mean, you know. Come on. It, it's crazy. Crazy. This is an attack. You know, don't forget, here in New York, there's an attack on our justice system. There's an attack on our education system. There's an attack on our children because of all the fentanyl coming in, uh, you know, through the borderline. I mean, we are being, the American people have to realize 
that we are being attacked on so many fronts that our way of life is under attack. And I had the police commissioner on the uh, uh, show last week and her first interview. Yes. And, and, and the fact that she wants to do the right job. She, and, and I know your differences with Eric Adams, but Eric Adams wants to do the right job. But he's, they told him, he went up to Albany and told him to pound sand. Right. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to start a coalition of common-sense Democrats, common-sense Republicans, and say enough is enough. People want to be safe in New York City. Uh, that's it. Well, yeah, what do yeah. we do? Should we keep 8.5 million people safe in New York City? Or, or worry about the 3,000 criminals? Right. Then I, right. Said, then I said to one of the officials in, in the state, you know what I said? I said, used to be we talked about three strikes and you're out. At what point are, we, are you out? Of four, five, 10, 14, 20? How many strikes do you well, need? Those numbers that, are still lower than the, than the people who got arrested. They've got 45, John. <laughs> How many strikes do you need before you put them away and say you, you, you don't belong in society? Yeah. But, but the question is how does Adams and company, common sense, Democrats, Republicans, affect this change? My solution, Mr. Katsimatidis, if I may, is to name and shame the people responsible for this, the cousins. We're going to do the, that. The heasties. We're going to do that. Right now, let's get the crap out of them that we're going to do it because I want them to be more scared of the common sense Democrats, yes. common sense Republicans than they are of the uh, of the extreme crazy. Now, let me tell you one thing. When Eric Adams sat down and said, you know, enough is enough. We want to clean up our subways. We want to do this, this and that. Did you see? I haven't seen not even one person for the from. The left wing, the woke culture, right. attack a black mayor. No. Nobody. You no. Not. So no, you know what right. that means? That's attacking, and we keep backing him up. Then we're, we're going to push them over the cliff. You think so? And bring New York back and make it safe again. I believe you. Hey, listen, if you say it, me and Bernie believe you because we've got that much respect, and obviously you've accomplished so much that we've got respect for you that you will get that done. Uh, but the, 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 it's up to us, up to Bernie and you and us, to make New York City safe and to, and, and, and to and to say enough is enough. How, how, we used to have that clip uh, at the five o'clock show. We're mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore. <laughs> that's right. right. That's right. Now we are. No mas. That's where we are. Uh, you know, I can't wait. I have to be honest, John, because I, I was with you last week at the Kathy Hochul lunch. And I know you, you, you're friends with Kathy, but I know you're also friends with Lee Zeldin and a host of others. I can't wait to hear the John Katsimatidis endorsement for governor. I'm not sure if it's going to be a Democrat or Republican, who it's going to be, what it's going to be. When I will you make in, that decision? I, well, first of all, I, I, I'm endorsing somebody in the Democratic Party. And somebody in, in the primaries, and One somebody, of uh, somebody in the Republican Party. Gotcha. And then when it comes to November, we'll decide who is committed. Who is committed? There's one thing in my. Uh, who is committed to keep New Yorkers safe? Right. And I think that's the only issue because unless we we straighten out New York, straighten out our subway system, that New York is not going to come back. Agreed. And it's our responsibility. It's the greatest city in the world. And it's our responsibility to make it make a comeback. 
Awesome. Yeah. Excellent job this morning on Fox News. You look great. We watched the whole thing, me and Bernie. We remarked on it the whole time. Brian's a uh, terrific guy as well. So pretty cool. Pretty cool what it's talked today. I was just with you like eight hours ago at a big event at the Plaza Hotel, and boom, there you are on television. You are the Energizer Bunny. Yes. It's amazing. Well, it was a nice, and I, I can't see besides because I've had that uh, that eye surgery. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, it's, you've got to keep going in New York. New York, uh, it never stops. It never stopped before. Yeah. And it was the first time, last night we were at the Plaza Hotel. It was the first time in that ballroom in two years. Is that right? Yes. Oh, because of the COVID, obviously. Yeah, there's no, there was nothing happening. Right, right. No uh, masks last night, by the way. Hundreds of people, no masks. Everybody having a good time? Everybody's having a good it time. It was a great event. Did you meet a lot of people? I did, yeah. yeah people <laughs> were looking forward to seeing you. It was fun. It was uh, fun. And uh, you got to remember, we're going to have the biggest gala you've ever seen on May 12th, ce- celebrating WABC's 100th anniversary, and uh, we're going to have 1,200 people, and uh, we're going to be able to invite uh, some of your guests, some of your your listeners. Awesome. Uh, We're going to be giving out uh, some tickets to those people. Is it going to be here? Where's it going to be? Do we know New York. Don't we know what what place yet or exactly where, or you're not giving it away? Well, right now we are talking to the New York Hilton. Oh, Wow. And uh, that's the only nice. ones that have a ballroom for 1,200 people. <laughs> that's a big ballroom. Yeah. That's going to be great. Bernie, I hope you're, 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 you're feeling good and you're, uh, you're going to be there in style. I appreciate that, Mr. Katz. I, I look forward to being there in person. Yes, yes, sir, indeed. I'm, I'm improving by the day. Thank you, sir. Thank All right. You, you can uh, listen to John, by the way, coming up at uh, every 5 o'clock uh, weekday afternoons. What a great show. Cats at night. The best guests. They discuss all the major topics. And again, whether it's oil or gas or crime in New York City, no one knows more about this city than John Katz who also does a great show on Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock, the roundtable. And, uh, again, uh, thank you for uh, stopping in this morning. Great job on Fox News. We love working with you, for you. You're our guy. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, and uh, keep working. And keep telling the people, we got to take New York back. All right. There you have it, folks. Never give up. Never give up. And when when you're a state senator or a state assembly person, you meet them, and they say, I want you to support me, you know what you say? What? Make sure you support Safe City. There you go. It's just really that simple. Like it. That's like it. it. And it's that's what Churchillian. Me and Bernie, right. That's what you and I talk about every morning, Bernard. It's really that simple. And what Bo said months and months ago, right? Crime, crime, crime. That's the bottom line. We'll take a short break. Still lots more to do, including the aforementioned Bo Deedle, Joe Tacopina, and Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman on this, an epic Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid. Thank you, John Katzmatidis. We'll be right back. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Tuesday, there is a report from the far-left magazine Mother Jones that propagandists inside of Russia are using analysis by Tucker Carlson 
from Fox News to justify war in Ukraine. Now, because Mother Jones is a propaganda sheet, skepticism is in order for honest people. But of course, the progressive internet sites immediately picked up this story to demonize Mr. Carlson. It is true that Tucker Carlson has voiced skepticism about defending Ukraine. But that is his right as a commentator. He is, however, in the minority. It is also true that media people have a responsibility to be careful in their commentaries when lives are being lost, as they are in Ukraine. The Russian situation is predictable. Putin is looking for any justification, and he can twist words around to spit out propaganda to his own people, many of whom are skeptical about this terrible invasion of Ukraine. We are looking into the Carlson story. We will have more of it tonight on the No Spin News. BillOReilly.com has it. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. I'll tell you, one of the funnier conversations last night with uh, Leslie Visser and me and a host of others at this uh, Golden Mike Gala, where everybody from Dan Mason to Chris Olivero to um, Al Roker's wife to my former agent, Heather Cohen, to Mark Simone to Artie Idala flocked the beautiful ballroom of the Plaza Hotel was uh, Mike Ruzioni because, you know, not that far removed from the Olympics and Leslie, not only the first woman to do Monday night football and a baseball game and a basketball game, I mean, she really broke every glass ceiling, Bernard. She, um, you know, she did the Olympics and, and she's the only woman, I believe, to this day to actually carry the torch at the Olympics back in the, uh, the 80s. I forget exactly what it was. But we were talking about how one goal, one goal against the Russians in 1980 made Michael Rosioni's whole life. I mean, this guy's made millions and millions and millions of dollars, speaking engagements all over the world. That hockey win against Russia and Finland is now 42 years ago, and he is still making a ton of money. Never played in the NHL. Uh, a lot of his teammates on that American team went on to have big NHL careers. A couple of guys here in New York like Kenny Morrow and, and Mark Pavlich. And he's made millions of one goal, Bernard, his whole life, one goal. Well, of course, you can't understate uh, the the value, the the morale boost that that goal gave us uh, back then. I mean, it was we were down and out. We were down, and it was ugly. I mean, it was it was almost as bad as uh, the the Biden situation now uh, with see, Jimmy that, Carter. That's exactly where I was going, and that's why I brought that up because I wanted to ask you because I trust nobody more than you when it comes to this. I remember I was you know twelve years old uh, at the time when Jimmy Carter was president, nineteen seventy nine, gas lines, hostages in Iran, uh, how down we were, and the excitement after we won the gold and Ronald Reagan taking over. Uh, I felt like it was worse then, but you're telling me you think it's worse now. Uh, yes. Uh, well, look, then you it had been going on for a number of years. Uh, here it's just over, well, about, about over a year, or maybe even less than that, because it took a while for it to sink in how disastrous this uh, the imbecile in chief and his, uh, his incompetent woke misfits that surround him are. 
Uh, but uh, it, it, so then it was it, it went on for a long time. It's stagflation. It started in the early seventies with the gas shortages. Blah blah blah. You had Nixon impeached, Ford, and then Carter, and then the Iranian uh, hostage situation went awry. And so we were definitely down and out. So we needed it bad. But yes, I think this is worse because even though it's been a shorter time, uh, it's not going to end anytime soon. And it's been. It, the, the the events that have transpired, the, the disasters, you know, in, including inflation, crime, the border, Afghanistan, and now, you know, the war in Ukraine, uh, things are horrible right now. So I, I think it is worse now. I think it could get a lot worse than it is. I think it will get a lot worse than it is. And that's why I think now is worse than back then. But, I mean, it's 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 not necessarily apples to apples. But it's similar, and we could use some sort of morale boost right now. I'm not sure what it would be, but uh, we could use it. All right. There you have it. That's why we bring this up, because no one explains it better than Bernie McGurk. Nobody. Well, I'm not sure that's true. I think Bill O'Reilly could uh, break it down nicely. And a couple of our other guests, including the great Bo Deedle, who's coming up next from California in his Hollywood acting job. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Download it. You won't regret it. And right now, we are joined, uh, as we are every Tuesday morning at 740, by uh, an iconic New Yorker and a great man with a big heart, tough guy, but uh, inside, he is just uh, a a rough, tough cream puff, is Bo Deedle. Bo Deedle is out in California right now. He's a hero cop. He's also an accomplished actor. And he's practicing his trade as we speak uh, this week out in California. Let's bring him in. Good morning, Bo Deedle. Hey, good morning, Bernie. You sound great, Bernie. How's it? Uh, I'm great. Good to uh, talk to you this morning. At 440, of course, local time in California. Bo's out there shooting uh, a movie this week that I'm going to be shooting next week in the same place. Is, is your first night of taping actually tonight or did you start shooting already uh, no no not tonight like uh, we have a call at six o'clock oh. uh, uh they got to be on the set at six o'clock and i play a police captain in the uh, new movie gemini lounge and uh, danny a put it together and it's based on a true story based on true incidents of this psychopath uh roy DeMeo and his gang in Brooklyn, the Gemini Lounge, where they used to kidnap people, and they bring them into the bar. It was like the uh, Roach Coach Motel. <laughs> you check in, but you didn't check out. Right. You know, the only way, the only way you checked out was what they did was they drained the blood out of the bodies and they cut the bodies up. And I'm laughing because it's such there, there were such homicidal guys that was it was unbelievable. Even the wise guys that I grew up with, all the gangsters. They talked about these guys being, you know, friggin' ghouls, and they didn't like them at all. And they eventually, uh, 
did the, the wise guys actually uh, did what they had to do with Lloyd the Mayo because he was enjoying it too much. You know, Sid, he was he was killing these people, yeah. and it wasn't just killing. It was enjoying killing. They was telling how he was doing it. Yeah. And you want to know something? One of the big bosses heard him talk about it, and they said, you know what? Whack that freaking well, fool. Yeah. It, and, it, he, it, and he it, ended up in a trunk with a bullet. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it turned him story. off. Right. And the, and the guy that I play, his cousin, Joe Guglielmo, Dracula, bartender by day, and helped drain and cut up the bodies at night. As far as I know, Bo, and again, this is your territory, they never found that guy. Right? The cousin they never well, found him. Well, I would presume that he's uh, in a place uh, under the ground or yeah. in some garbage container that remains there somewhere. You know, we, we, a lot of private sanitation, so a lot of those trucks uh, moved a lot more than just bags of garbage. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, 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 that's crazy. It's, it's great to be out here. We were out dinner last night at Avro with Danny A and a couple of the investor guys. And uh, let me tell you something. It's going to be a great movie, and it, it's based on a true story of uh, this gang, and uh, that, that's it. And, you know, we, I got to shoot right to important events. You know, I've been just following this Ukraine thing. And it breaks my heart that, you know, we're not doing anything. We're sitting back. And I do understand and I agree 100%. I do not want one American fighting out there. But we just got to load these people. They want to fight. They want to fight to their last breath. Let's give them all the supplies, all the weaponry we can give them. Let's get it to them. I just worry about an incident happening over the Polish border where there's going to be Americans that are involved in war. What happens? But then again, Shake and Bake was in the basement. He won't do nothing. He won't do nothing. I'll tell you right now. And that other, and that other moron, that blinking, he's blinking away, and and the and, and the generals can't do anything. So I don't think this punk will ever, even ever, ever get us into a war. Even if they lob a nuclear, uh, a small conventional nuclear weapon, this moron in in uh, in Ukraine, I don't think we're going to get involved. He's he, they looked, they tried to check for his testicles. When he went to the prostate doctor, he had no testicles. <laughs> yeah. so that was it. Uh, uh, yeah. But, but uh, you know, it's, it's scary to watch the newsreels and see what they're indiscriminately just blowing people up and killing people and children. I'm just, I don't, I don't know. I just, it, it bothers me mentally, and I'm sure it bothers everybody who watched this. It's just saying, but why we, we, we can't do nothing. We can't do nothing. And it's very, very frustrating. And all of a sudden, that other guy there, uh, the guy from China, that big face, that big head jerk off there, all of a sudden he's now going to be supplying weaponry. They have some army. Let me tell you something. China, probably right now, and there'll be people telling me I'm wrong, but I'll guarantee you they have the largest army in the world right now with military equipment. They've been building up where well, we've been doing a friggin' moonwalk and not building up our military, taking away. And all we're worrying about is having transformers in the service. And let, uh, let whoever wants to, and we have to pay for uh, to do to remove the thing with the thing, and I, I mean, this is these are things mm-hmm. that we're worrying about with our military. Uh, how I feel today, I don't feel like I want to have a penis today, so we're going to chop it off. It'll be thirty five thousand dollars, but the military will pay. I'm, I don't want to worry about this crap. I want a good, strong military, men, women. Good, strong, and we got to supply them with the best weaponry, and that's what it's all about. This is a rude awakening. We've got to start supporting our military. You get peace through strength, and that's what we're going through right now. They're not afraid of us. They think we're we're, we're like idiots, and that's what they're doing. They're pushing the button, pushing, and what are we doing? It's like a bully 
soon you got to punch the bully in his face, otherwise yep. he's going to keep pushing you. And whatever we got to do, I just pray to God that we don't get the world war because I think I'd like to see my grandchildren grow up. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. The other, you know, the other side on the local thing, and I, I got to let you know what's going on with that. I did talk with the mayor, and I did talk with one of his top assistants and all that, and I'm glad the gun group is out there, the gun suppression unit, whatever they call it today, anti-crime. Now, a lot of people don't, don't realize about the anti-crime. I'm very supportive of them wearing identifiable jackets. Like I said, when we started anti-crime back in 1972, citywide uh, anti-crime 73, we were playing plain clothes, completely plain clothes. We had two friendly fire incidents. Now you have guys jumping out of the car, plain clothes with all these shootings around. You have a majority of our police officers are Hispanic and black. It's going to be, I don't, I don't want any friendly fire. You, you have a kid from Long Island that never uh, was involved with a shooting. He's going to see a black guy or a Hispanic guy with a gun in his hand. And I'm afraid. Now they can't make the mistake. They have the windbreakers on, the shirts, identifying them. We won't have any friendly fire incidents. So I do support that. Now, the downside, up, the downside Bo, uh, Bo, of course, is that the criminals can see that as well. That is the downside, know, right? But, well, you got the, you got the, you're going to have the different plain clothes. They're going to roll up. But hey, look, at, you can't have it all. But I'm, I'm supportive of this. I'm also obviously supportive of regular plain clothes. But if it's not going to happen, I'd rather that something happen. Now right. I had an idea. Now here's you guys are going to hear it first. Right. We work. We have this out there. It's something called Trigger, and it's a a, a program where we work along with the ATF the alcohol, firearm, tobacco. And what we do is when they make an arrest, we don't of morons, the liberal courts of these DA idiots in New York City uh, and New York State. What we do is we do a joint venture and we deputize some of the New York City cops to work with ATF and we lock them up on a gun. You know what they face? They face on federal charges 15 years. You know why? Because they've traced the gun back to North Carolina or to Virginia or wherever the gun came from. Now they get interstate flight of that gun. Even though you don't have to prove that they brought it from there, they get charged with it. Now they're looking at 15 years. Let the word be on the street. They're going to be prosecuted federally. And we bring the feds in at this state of morons, including the moron governor and all our elected officials can't do it, then let's do it with the federal government. I am really spearheading this. When I get back, I want to talk to the mayor. I want to talk to all the people, uh, Phil Banks, everybody, the police commissioner. We should be doing this. We should let the word know on the street. You get caught with a gun, you're going to be tried federally, and you're going bye-bye for 15 years. A yeah. little there you yeah. go. The word be out there. They'll be federally charged. There you go. No the state moron, merry-go-round law enforcement crap. No. Hey, baby, you want to carry a revolver, an automatic? You want to carry it? Well, you're looking at 15 years federal time. And you want to know? You got a lot of room in the federal pens, and we'll take it right out of the hands of the moron in in, uh, in Manhattan and every other DA that's not prosecuting yeah. And we'll take it out from under the idiots in Albany. And what John talks about, we have to name these people. If you don't want to support bail reform, reform, then you know what? Let the people know. But this is a great idea, charging them federally. Yeah, we like that. No, I don't that, know why we're not doing it. That is a great idea. So on the way out here, Bo, and again, Bo joining us at 4.51 local time, California. He'll be about on the set of a movie in about uh, 69 minutes. 
Uh, Los Angeles is a lot like New York, right? They had Garcetti, we had de Blasio, Newsom, Cuomo. It's all the same. Uh, same lockdown, same nonsense, and uh, unsafe. I have friends and family who live in Los Angeles, and they complain all the time they feel unsafe. Now, you and I, for example, we're both staying in Beverly Hills when we shoot this movie. Yeah. Neither one of us is staying in Los Angeles. Because- uh, well, you have to... Well, the set, one of the sets is in the city of Los Angeles. Right, in downtown well, L.A., right. Do you feel unsafe? I mean, you're, you're a tough guy, obviously, but uh, do people feel unsafe walking around there like they do here in, in New York City? No, I, I, I feel the only problem is I have to, if I come out here, I can carry my gun in all, all 50 states on an HR 213, 214, 213. Oh, wow. And we could carry a law enforcement retiree in good stands could carry a gun. I feel a little naked without it. I was told, uh, Bo, you're wearing that Paddock Philippe watch. They're robbing people like crazy. Wow. So when we drive to, when we drive to Los Angeles, there are more huts and tents. And I'm going to tell you, we used to drive around down the freeway. One thing about California, Los Angeles, the beauty of the freeways with flowers and yep. lawns, yep. that's all gone. Done. It's all gone. It looks like a cesspool. This city is as disgusting wow. as our city. Wow. Los Angeles has gone into the toilet bowl. It's like driving to a cesspool. And you want to know something? The same thing's happening here with their bail reform crap. They're being arrested and released immediately. This is like uh, Armageddon out there. I used to love to come to L.A. and see the beauty of Los Angeles. It's a garbage. It's a dump. And they let them have these things right along all the main beautiful uh, uh, streets. They got these tents put up. And they're all the homeless uh, psychopaths. Not homeless because they can't afford. These are the mentally ill homeless that should be not on the street. We should be helping them. But I guess there's no more money left to clean this city. I'm talking about dirt and garbage along all the streets, wow. the, all the freeways, the freeways that were beautiful. It's all gone. So New York City, we're just following. But here's my call. Mayor Adams, you can be the hero. We could clean up New York City. We have to show these these liberal cities there is a way out of this doldrum of disgust crime and what's going on. Please, Mayor Adams, please be the hero that we voted you in for, please. Let's do it, Bo Dietle. What a great appearance out in California. We'll let you go so you can get on the set at 6 o'clock. It is actually, what is it, 4.53 out there in in Los Angeles right now? That's right, yes. So, uh, Bo, listen, we love you to pieces, and uh, Godspeed. Break a leg today. Okay, and you listen, you keep getting strong. You sound great, Bertie. And Sid, I love you. And love you they, they're gonna put a they're gonna put a beetle wig on your bald head. <laughs> yeah. Play in your part. There buddy. he is, ladies and gentlemen. Right, <laughs> the New York's only uh, Bo Deedle. What a what a great guy. Can't stress that enough. Here on the Bernie and Sid show. Listen, we're gonna speak uh, next hour, we're gonna speak to Joe Tacopini. He's coming in studio. We're gonna speak to Nassau County Executive. Bruce Blakeman, a lot more of Bernie and Sid to come. Take it away, Lou.
Thank you on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. And uh, we're going to speak next hour. We're going to... In studio, Joe Takapino, famed defense attorney, Sid's good friend. He grew up with him. He's a great guy. Also going to talk to uh, Bruce Blakeman, who's heading up to Albany. He is the uh, Bruce Blakeman is the uh, the county executive of Nassau County, and uh, he's going to go up and read uh, some of these uh, these these woke uh, Albany legislators, the Riot Act. Uh, this guy's good. This guy, I mean, we have Zeldin, we have Giuliani, we have uh, Astorino. But uh, Blakeman, I'm telling you, he could be a, a gubernatorial contender if you ax me. But uh, in, in any case, he's not going to, oh, you know, you know, stay. he's going to stay in his lane as county executive today. You know what is uh, this uh, down in Florida? Actually, we don't have time. We're going to get to it in the next hour. I'm just see, seeing the clock right now. It's time for the news. On the Bernie and Sid Show. We'll get to everything else coming up right after the news. Take it away, Lou. Tell him, Brian. Come on. Come on. Mm. Brian Adams cuts like a knife. 804. Tuesday morning. Back here on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. Thanks again to Bo Deedle. Good buddy Joe Tacopina, famed defense attorney from YG to Kimberly Gilpoyle to Lilo Broncata to Meek Mill to Alex Rodriguez. He's had them all, and he wins them all. He won that chicken baby case last week in Westchester, which is nothing short of amazing. The odds were stacked against him. He's that good a lawyer. He'll be live in studio coming up at 840. And then, uh, as Bernie pointed out, Bruce Blakeman, Nassau County Executive, coming up at 925. Greg Kelly, apology, apology, Sid. And congratulations. He just texted me apology, Sid. Well, why is that? What'd you do? I don't know. I literally got a text. The inside radio story. WABC Sid Rosenberg isn't a mobster, but Hollywood likes the way he plays one. To which he, re- he replied, "Apologies, Sid, and congratulations." Maybe I texted him a while back. He never got back to me. I don't know. Weird. Huh. Could be. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, uh, take a look at the uh, the stream. If you are, if you're in your car, this means nothing to you. But if you're watching us, and once again, a great job this morning by Gabby Lopez, Eric Salas, Crystal, and the whole crew. WABCRadio.tv. WABCRadio.tv. We're simulcast every morning, folks. Just like you watch. All those are horrible people. Savannah Guthrie, NBC, Robin Roberts, ABC. You could be watching Bernie and Sid. And uh, Matt Meany, our esteemed program director, moments ago just dropped off a couple of coffee utensils, if you will. A uh, little thermos, which I'll start using every morning now. I've been buying these cups at Christides. And uh, mugs as well. Take a look. The black and gold insignia of 77 WABC and uh, Bernie and Sid. There you go. You can see that now. Thank you for that wide shot. And uh, let me give you one more. That's the actual thermos, and here's the coffee mug. And you can purchase all this very cool ABC merch now and every day at WABCRadioStore.com. I think I got that right. WABCRadioStore.com. Go by. Luke showing one. Luke showing one. And Justin 
One on his head. <laughs> you can uh, go buy one of these right now. Look at you two gentlemen. A thermos and or a mug. Enjoy your morning coffee with Bernie and Sid. No doubt about it. You, do you hear about this, the breaking news? They actually caught the uh, serial homeless killer. Yeah, they actually yeah. busted this guy. Yeah. I think down in D.C. I'm it, not sure. it, it was in D.C., yes. Yeah, so... Uh, so rest easy, you homeless people out there. You can sleep on the streets again in your sleeping bags. What he did was awful. It was really disgusting what he did, this uh, this skunk. But either way, Eric Adams last night, our esteemed mayor, we just talked about him with Bo Deedle. He was on the case, and uh, he made this proclamation last night, did Eric Adams. Cut 25, Lou. Someone knows this person. We're asking for the public to find him. We don't want to lose another resident in this city, in New York, or anywhere else. This person is carrying out a premeditative act of shooting innocent people. I'll go back to that. Now, my question is, is, is premeditative, is that a word? In Brooklyn, in certain parts, yes. I mean, Not, I know Curtis Lee with us is, uh, you know, Leo Gorsi, Bowery Boys <laughs> right. act, and uh, but... Uh, Eric Adams, I think he was being serious. No, he, he was being serious, and he, and he does that every now and then. I mean, look, I remember our dear friend Christopher Mad Dog Russo, who many believe, and maybe even me, he's the greatest sports talk show host ever, right there with Francesca, Dan Patrick, Jim Rome, uh, you know, maybe you like uh, Colin Coward. He's right there, maybe at the very, very top of the list. But he was guilty of murder every day, murdering the English language. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Eric Adams is right there with Dog. Dog just malaprops. Eric Adams... In his attempt to sound smart sometimes, falls just a little short. Well, he ain't no Walt Clyde Frazier. No, no. Loquacious. Come uh, on now. Mendacious on the left side. Yeah, there's, there's always one word that's not real. It's like uh, like you just did. You know, there's one word that's a real word. Like, uh, uh, give me another example of a Walt rhyme. Where there's one real word and one word he just makes up out of nowhere. Uh, ludicrous. Licentious, Mike. <laughs> he'll F- be like a... F- uh, F- effervescent. Uh, no, that's a real word, effervescent, but he'll be like, uh, he'll be like, uh... Tantaquacious. Fi- yeah, like, fivering <laughs> and shivering. You're like, what, what was that first oh, word? Oh, yes, yes, Just yes. In, in, in any attempt to rhyme, he just makes up a word. Hooping and scooping. Like, <laughs> what is scooping? What the hell is that? Let a hover do there, Walt. <laughs> But either way, we love Walt Clyde oh, Frazier. Oh, he's the best. The best. And uh, we've been talking about these uh, these Democrats who are, you know, the old school Democrats who are holding the line. They're not these uh, woke uh, uh, or, or woke Democrats or liberals, woke liberals or cowardly traditional Democrats who are afraid of the woke liberals. One of them, Bill Maher. Uh, we've been playing a lot of this guy. I played some of them earlier. But he also said this yesterday about uh, the Ukraine and President Trump. Bill Mark, cut 22, Lou. If Putin thought Trump was really that supportive of him, why didn't he invade when Trump was in office? It's at least worth asking that question if you're not locked into one intransigent thought. Wow. wow. Well, that's basically what uh, Trevor Noah said yesterday, too. You played all those great cards, which were shocking to me. Absolutely. Shocking. Uh, all shocking. these guys, uh, they're coming around. They are, you know, and I was telling this story uh, when John Katsimatidis walked in earlier because you were talking about Democrats coming around and thinking a different way. And there's a lady who lives in my building, which uh, this is my last week there. Thank thank the Lord God. And she's a very nice lady. She's clearly a Upper West Side liberal, but she's very nice to me. Very nice. Oh, I love, he's always tan. He's a great guy. So I walked out yesterday, and uh, I had the doorman make my red tie last night. Because I don't know how to make a tie to this day, Bernie. I'm 54 years old. 
So a doorman uh, makes Mike tie. That's unbelievable. <laughs> no. Can't DVR, can't ride a bike, can't make a tie. Can't do any of that stuff. Right, right. For all but the, you look all good the, in a tie. So. <laughs> well, I wore this beautiful red tie. So he put the tie around my neck before I got dressed and went upstairs. And she said, wow, look at that red Republican tie. And I said, let me tell you something, sweetheart. I haven't always been this way. I was a Brooklyn Jew, and I was a Democrat my whole life. And she said, well, what happened? I said, what happened? Here's what happened. Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Jerry Nadler. And I swear to God, Bernie, she looked down with a look of complete defeat, looked back up. And she's an active Democrat on the Upper West Side. And she said, and I quote her, I hear you. It's going to be a bloodbath in November. That's all I can tell you. And it can't come soon enough. It really can't. Unfortunately, three more years of the other clown. But uh, help is on the way in the form of, of a name uh, of a man named Donald Trump. This is him. Speaking of what Bill Maher said, this is Donald Trump again last Saturday in South Carolina talking about how he would have prevented this war. Cut to Lou. And remember that with Ukraine, I sent the javelins that you see are so effective against the tanks. Biden didn't. And in fact, he ended our last order. Probably it'll get there because everyone realized it was the right thing to do. You know what the javelins are? The anti-tank weapons. They knocked the hell out of those tanks. And Ukraine wouldn't be having a chance without them. That was all sent by me, all of it. We sent other military equipment, too. We didn't send our soldiers, but we sent them a lot of equipment. And, of course, Obama sent them blankets. And, and, and so they, they right. smelt weakness. They took the Crimea, which was part of uh, Ukraine. They just took it. Just took it, and Obama did squat. Nothing. Nada. So, anyway, I play that so just, just to uh, comfort people. All is not lost. We have p- good people out there waiting in the wings. That's a long time, though. Three the time, years. Time is, is, is yeah, it's it's a long time. The problem. I, I got hey. I to I watch Joe Biden for the next three years every single day, blame everything going wrong in America now on Putin. First, it was a pandemic the last year plus. Now it doesn't matter. Now, now, now forget about the pandemic. Now it's all Vladimir Putin's fault. No matter what he does wrong, he's got a built-in excuse. Now, we know it's nonsense. We're smarter than that, even you and I. But uh, day after day after day, he will find a way and does find a way, Biden, to blame Putin. He did it again yesterday, twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He continues to do that, and he he won't stop. I mean, even even if it's patently and provably false what he says, it's just something to say. So he'll say it. But my question is this: uh, You know, you have Bill Maher and other people, a lot of Democrats. That lady you talk to, yep, they're ripe. They're they're ready to be uh, converted. They really are. So my question is this. Uh, why aren't Republicans in every single state proposing legislation like uh, what, what was proposed down in Florida, the parental rights legislation? I mean, this is, is a no-brainer. Any parent would say, yeah, I don't want these. I don't want some, you know, chubby, uh, pink-haired uh, a teacher with a nose ring did, did you, talking sex with my kid. What, you mean the don't say gay bill? The don't say gay bill. Why isn't, <laughs> why isn't Ed Cox, the chairman of the Republican Party, urging Republican lawmakers up in Albany to propose a bill That's like funny. This. And I just saw Ed Cox. He was at that Kathy Hochul luncheon last week. Uh, Nick Langworthy is another guy that could be... Uh, listen, uh, you know why, Bernie? I'm going to tell you why. But, but listen, here's the thing. Because the party sucks. We could win over so many people because this is an issue where right. it's, it's, it's obvious, patently obvious, that the answer is you don't want teachers talking sex with your kids, K through third grade, 
freak that K through eighth grade. Right. You don't want to so just shut up. But we could win it. So they should be proposing that legislation. Put Democrats on the defensive. Put them on record as as, as wanting these uh, pink haired, uh, nose ring wearing, uh, chubby uh, teachers. Uh, t- talking to sex to your kid. Put them on record as saying I, I, they want that. I agree with you, but again, spending the last couple of years with you talking about this every day, I mean, you hear like a guy like Ted Cruz, for example, yelling and screaming all the right things most of the time. Lindsey Graham, the same thing, but what you experience with Republicans is they don't say anything. They're backstabbers, whether it's Mitch McConnell or Paul Ryan or Mitt Romney or, or Cheney, any one of these folks. They're backstabbers. They say nothing. So I'm a Republican now. And I'm a big Donald Trump supporter now. But to be completely honest, the party sucks. The philosophies are right. The policies are right. But there's, there's no cohesiveness. Well, the I'm, Democrats I'm, at least stick together. They're evil. They're losers. They're lowlifes. But they stick together. Our party sucks. I'm here to uh, urge them to do the right thing. Uh, this is what the, I know they listen to us. Get some legislation going along those lines. But, but you these... agree with my, my overall point that the oh, party yeah, does yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah. a terrible party. They're, they're not well organized. They're not, uh, hopefully they're getting better. I don't want to trash them completely. Yeah. I mean, they're behind uh, Lee Zeldin right now, uh, even though we have Astorino and Giuliani. But either way, I'm just saying, get it out there. Put these, think out of the box. Put these guys on the defensive. Have them defend, uh, again, having uh, perverts talk to your kids about sex. Have them do that. And, and now, listen, uh, also, we had I, I played it earlier. I'm not going to do it again. The U.N. Uh, uh, Secretary General saying that the, there's a real danger of a nuclear war out in the Ukraine with yeah. uh, Putin. He says there's a real danger. Okay, fine. Scare the hell out of us. Thank you very much. The U.N. should be disbanded and kicked out of New York, whatever. Either way, never fear, said Rosenberg. We have in our back pocket... As a matter of fact, she's at the top of the uh, idiocracy down there in Washington. General Pelosi. General Pelosi knows how to take care of these Russians. Listen to General Pelosi, cut 14. Myself, when I see that, that, those tanks, that 40 miles of tanks, I'd like to take out those tanks. I mean, I, I think that air co- the, them having more planes might be useful, but that I'm not a, a military sp- strategist. What happened? Uh, so... <laughs> So she's, she's, she's there. She's overseeing it, and uh, we're going to be triumphant, and our reputation is going to be solid when all is said and done there. Hey, you know what the White House is doing? No. They're actually contacting these, uh, these TikTok influencers. And all yes. These, they're all young girls. They're all attractive young girls. By the way, why are they all attractive young girls? Are, are, are chubby young girls not, uh, you know, can't they influence people? Or what's going on? What am, what am I missing? Anything? Okay, nothing. Uh, Sydney, are you there? I lost them. So anyway, Sid, are you there? <laughs> so anyway, Lou Ruffino. Uh, so why are the all the uh, girls? Why are, are they all attractive? Tell well, me. Everybody here just kind of shook their head. No, they're not going to influence them. That's all I yeah, can tell you. I don't you. think so either. No. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> the White House actually they reached out to these TikToks, quote unquote, influencers. Yeah. To 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 spread lies. To actually spread lies. Yeah. And here, here's an example of one of them. One of these, she's like 19 years old. Fortunately, these t- TikTok viewers don't vote. But anyway, listen to this TikTok influencer after having spoken to the White House. Take a listen to this. Why is gas so expensive and why is the United States inflation rate at a four-time decade high? I had the opportunity to ask the White House why gas down the street is $7, and here's what they said. Russia is one of the top three producers of oil, and it is actually their number one revenue source. 
Now, with Putin starting this horrific fight between Ukraine and Russia, nobody wants to work with him and do international trade. So there you have it. They're teaching these, this TikTok generation the lie that, it, it, that, that gas prices, it's all Putin's fault. Inflation, it's all Putin's fault. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's dastardly. It's so sneaky. It's so it's just disgusting. They, they, they continue to stoop lower and lower and lower, and I just hate them. I hate them with a passion. I can't even tell you. But that influencer, would she influence uh, your, your daughter, perhaps? No, listen, my, my kids at this point know better. They were uh, indoctrinated years ago. Gabe has completely come around. He's basically on our side of the fence. Ava is inching closer and closer. So my kids are kind of past that. But, yeah, certainly there's millions and millions of kids that don't know any better. Parents are not involved. They're not watching Newsmax or Fox News at night, and they buy all of it. I mean, all of it. I, I kind of like Johnny Donovan. He's going to bring Joey Nero in next week, who's a big TikTok influencer. We've had two or three on the show before, but they don't talk politics. They stay away from that. But this is a very, very evil, what the Democrats are doing. And unfortunately, Bernard, yes, there are millions of kids who buy it. It is really gross. Uh, and, and these kids, the ignorance is stunning that the their main source of news is TikTok, but such so, the, welcome to 2022. That's just the way it is. And uh, with that said, I, I think we're out of time for this segment. Am I wrong, Sydney? We are out of time. It is uh, 8.20. We've got a lot more to do this hour, though, Bernard. Liddy Reports is coming up next, and then our mutual friend, the great defense attorney, Joe Tacopino, live in studio. So this hour just getting started. Very exciting 8 o'clock hour on a Tuesday with Lydia Serrani and Joe Tacopino right here on Bernie and Sid. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. So there is this report going around that Russian TV has been instructed to play over and over Tucker Carlson's segments and Tulsi Gabbard. Now everybody's calling them Putin apologists, Russian apologists, propaganda, blah, blah, blah. And the ladies of The View, and I use the word ladies loosely, I can't believe I was an intern there, are not only suggesting for the Department of Justice to investigate Tucker for his comments, they want him to be arrested. Here's Whoopi on yesterday's show, and when she refers to they, she's did, talking did, did, about... Didn't Whoopi get fired? She's still there? Oh, they, oh, she's they still there. She back. came back. She's a nut that, job. You, oh, that's right, because you're allowed to disparage the Jews and say horrible things when you're a black liberal stupid person. Ah, I and got you're, it. And you, and you believe reports when it fits your narrative, and it just so happens to happen after... Tucker's ratings come out and he is dominating Fox News. If you look at the cable news ratings like MSNBC, they're they're like at the bottom. And so is CNN and Fox News, especially Tucker. They're dominating. So the left wants to take him out because they're jealous of his success. But to call him a Russian propagandist, to call for the DOJ to investigate and to call for him to be arrested, all of them. Just listen to this nut job. This is Whoopi. They used to arrest people for doing stuff like this. If they thought you were uh, colluding with a Russian agent, if they thought you were putting out information or taking information and handing over to Russia, yeah. they used to actually investigate stuff like this. And I guess now, you know, there seems to be no bars. I mean, I, what, what are you going to say? You know, she's actually uh, uh, Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard. Yes, correct. And, of course, uh, you know, they're not uh, they're not warmongers a and b they've st stated and so has a, a state department employee testified 
that there are these uh, bio labs, United States funded bio labs in Ukraine. Uh, they put that out there. The United States is trying to downplay it, denying it. But a State Department person, in an answer to Marco Rubio's question, said, are United States funded bio labs out there with deadly pathogens? Sort of like the uh, the Wuhan lab out same in uh, in China. Yeah, same thing. So but, this but, is but, what the, this goes back to the conversation, Bernie. You and I just had. So here you've got the view. They shouldn't cancel the view. They shouldn't fire these people. No, they I have agree. every right to talk just like we do. But here you've got the view. They've got not not a lot. They've got millions and millions and millions of idiotic housewives at a home all day long that think the world of these ladies. They're ignorant. Some are even stupid. And they don't know any better. So whether it's TikTokers lying for the White House, Bernard, or The View talking to millions and millions of ladies at a home every single day, there's no way to save these people. There's no way to save them. What are you going to do? Uh, oh, oh no, they're, they're lost. But uh... When the media lies, democracy dies. And that's what's really scary is that, you know, Sid, we were in that room yesterday, right? And who, who, Jameel Hill, they were hailing as a hero. She's yes, a racist. that's Ted Shaker. And you know who he is, Bernie? This is a guy that is a CBS TV legend. And when Leslie Visser got the, the uh, Golden Mic Award last night, she actually called him up to thank him personally, which she should have. And he ran down a laundry list of ladies. Right, that are important to the success of females this month. Trailblazers. Trailblazers. And he included the name Jamel Hill. That oh, is wow. unbelievable. Somebody nope. should have th- threw a tomato at well, him. No. Sid, well, me and, Sid and I like, almost yeah. fell over. <laughs> we almost fell over. Yeah, I mean, Leslie Visser, sure. Bonnie Bernstein, sure. Uh, he mentioned the lady who writes for the USA Today, blah, blah, blah. But Jamel Hill? That is obscene. Oh. That is really it was, disgusting. It, w- it was obscene, and I almost lost my appetite, but I was so freaking hungry. You, the white, <laughs> these wasps, my God, the filthy rich, all they do is drink. We need food. We just got like a appetizer. We're at the plaza. It was beautiful. I'd never been at the plaza. I felt like, I felt like it was Cinderella. And, you know, as we were walking in, uh, they, there was tourists outside, and I was wearing my gown. And somebody took a pic. Uh, a tourist took a picture of me, thinking I was famous. I was like, "Oh my god!" Nice. Walking, and there's no food. No, food. I need food. Yeah. I was hungry. Like, why people don't eat? And then they. I, I mean, finally they brought out the food. And then Sid, after you left, I left uh, shortly after because it was just boring. It was boring. It was boring, yeah. and I felt very yeah out of place. Like I mean, to, you know, to we, say, Jamil Hill is a is terrible. a hero and. Yeah, well, we sat down, Bernie, thing. and on the table they had uh, they had a bread basket and they had little plates. You ate of the like, whole bre- bread basket. I, pre- I pretty much did, and mozzarella cheese in front of everybody, and that would have been fine for the first half hour. But what they did, Bernard, was they had the whole presentation. So you heard from Tim McCarthy, and you heard from Scott Herman, and you heard from Ted Shaker, and you heard from uh, Al Roker's wife about a hundred times. Then they played a long video. Then Leslie Visser had her acceptance speech for like thirty minutes, and they never brought out more food. We we actually thought there was no more food coming. When Leslie was done, more than an hour into the program, 8.30 last night, they started bringing out the steak. That's not the way you, you do a dinner L- like that. A little late. A little late. Yeah. A little yeah. late. Maybe they thought everybody was on blow or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on. I was, I was way, angry. A tip for you guys, always bring a stash. You know, stick something in your bag. Anticipate that there might not be food. Like what, Snickers bar? Uh, you know, some peanuts, uh, an energy bar or something like that. To, right. to, to, to hold yourself over. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on, I yo. mean, and I don't, I don't really drink, and so you know. But the the wait staff too. I mean, he was a lovely guy, and it's like, can can I get a coke, please? And I don't know, but it was it was a lovely evening. It was beautiful. It ain't easy being you guys. 
Oh, yeah, we're very, very fancy. Pinkies up, pinkies up. But, yeah, so there you have it, Whoopi. And I guess they don't know about the First Amendment. You know? Well, listen, they don't know about let the me just say this. It's not just Whoopi. It's actually uh, people like Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney called Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, and by extension, he's calling Tucker Carlson. He called her, quote, unquote, a treasonous liar. And she's demanding that he retract it uh, because of the aforementioned biolab stuff and all the, all the stuff we just talked about. Uh, she's demanding that he retract it and re- apologize and resign. She may sue him for libel over 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 this particular incident. So, uh, Mitt Romney, who marched with Black Lives Matter, and he's for some reason he's the the biggest, loudest mouth warhawk uh, down there on this Ukraine thing. He wants us in there, lock, stock, and barrel. He wants World War Three. It seems like. And I don't understand it. I don't. I, I, well, the, well, the, what's well, his motivation? You know that? No, hold. Did he say something about? The, I know that he did say, "Get those MIGs uh, uh, out of Poland and get them to Zelensky," which I agree with too. That's not starting World War Three. But did he say about the fly zone or something? Because getting, I, I, getting the MIGs, I think he's right, Bernie. No. Well, well that's a good question uh, on the the no fly zone. I believe he does want a no oh, fly zone. Okay. Uh, on the MIGs, well, yeah, the MIGs. Poland should just send them right to the Ukraine. Well, but, that's what Mitt Romney said. He's right. Well, no, no, but they want to use us as an intermediary, and that's where uh, the Biden administration is saying, no, 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 just you send them. And, yeah, but, uh, but because Biden's a pussy. Biden actually said he doesn't want to infuriate Putin anymore. The man is murdering children and women in the streets. You can't piss him off anymore. Putin will use any excuse. That's a problem. He'll use any pretext to, to start a war. And Zelensky was saying it again this morning. He had another press conference. And I was reading that, like, oh, you know, the, all these prime ministers are going to meet with him in Kiev and everything like that. He's We're dealing with a deranged maniac, and he's not going to stop at Ukraine. However, if you do a no-fly zone, a no-fly zone means you're starting world war. That's what happened with World War One. If a plane flies over, a Russian plane flies over, a no-fly zone, you have to shoot it down. That's war, okay? You're declaring war, and then who will be on our side? I mean, it's just a really really scary step to take and it's easy to say let's do this let their yes i'm i'm horrified i can't even watch the videos that woman that was on the stretcher pregnant with her bleeding belly the associated press is reporting that she died along with her unborn child i mean these are horrific images but if we have a war millions and millions more people will die so that's uh, what people need to understand that we're dealing with a, a psychopath it, and it we doesn't have make to you tread an, carefully it doesn't make you an appeaser if you think rationally and try to minimize the deaths and do it, do it with uh, you know some you know you can raise your head high with some integrity, and not be a total uh, again, uh, you know, appeaser, coward, or whatever it is. There's a way to handle it, but to, to go in full fledged and say well, let's fight the Russian, blah blah blah, that's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. Uh, the fact is, Ukraine is not a member of NATO. Article five does not apply. It's horrible what's happening, as you say, uh, Lydia. Horrible things happen across the globe. Every single day. It's just that we happen to be watching this on TV, and it affects our emotions and maybe some, some people's judgments as well. But no World War Three. No, uh, we can't be the, the world's policemen. We learned that from Iraq, and we learned that from Vietnam. We just can't be. We can manage some things, but uh, we can try to you know, maneuver things a certain way. But we can't be the world's policemen. We're not. Uh, the barometer is this, uh, Lydia, and I've said this to Sid a million times. Would you want your child to die for uh, Ukrainian democracy? Would you? Absolutely not. I'm sorry. Of course not. No. And that's the barometer. You, you can't say, well, I want somebody else's child to die. It has to be 
you were willing to allow your own child to die. That is the barometer. And in this case, uh, there's no American national security interest, really, when you get down to it, down to brass tacks at stake. So, therefore, no. No World War Three, No no-fly zone. And on the MiGs, you have to tread lightly. You have to do it in a certain way. Well, tonight, 5 o'clock, Cats at Night, Professor Alan Dershowitz. We're going to have all the common sense solutions. We're going to talk about everything. Yesterday, we had a spirited conversation between Bill O'Reilly and Congressman King. It was real. The, the two of them were really going at it. It was it was actually over very, what over what over over the no fly zone over the MIGs. Congressman Kingston says, yes, yes, we got to give him the MIGs. You got Bill O'Reilly saying, absolutely not. They're just going to shoot him down anyway. Then the no fly zone, they were just kind of going back and forth. And then, you know, John wonders what is real, what isn't real, because there is a lot of propaganda going on on both sides. So that's why you have to be really careful with what news sources you watch and read and listen to. You know, it's it's confusing because in this world of social media, we've got so much information coming in fast and furious that it's great on the one hand, but on the other, there can be some misinformation. Like, remember that submarine that we said they said all the people died and then they didn't die. Right. So we you got to listen. Five o'clock cats at night. You don't want to miss it. And it's a great show. Thanks, Lydia. Lydia Serrano on the Bernie and Sid show. She's terrific. We love her. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jay-Z and Beyonce, 8.45 Tuesday morning. I just saw Joe Tacopino literally has left his car across the street right in front of the Newsmax building with his blinkers on. <laughs> He's in a bus lane. It, it can be total one second, I swear I, to God. It doesn't look good there. I know. He li- he literally left it in the middle of the street. It's right and, in front of the steakhouse. I know. <laughs> right in front of the street. Well, let's and he ran across he ran the street. Ran across Third Avenue. So right now his car is across oh, the boy. street. I'm going to watch him tow that thing. I'm oh, telling you, no. folks. Maybe he has uh, you he know, a police something. pass or something. He's got, nothing. He's got nothing. He's got nothing. No, he, that car is, I'm uh, telling you. Uh, uh, well, then I hope he has a Metro card. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he's made it here into the studio to uh, do this segment with you and I. Before he uh, joins us, Bernie, let me uh, get this out of the way. To celebrate St. Patrick's Day coming up this Thursday. And don't forget, you get two rounds of Bernie McGurk. Me and Bernie together on Thursday. Then Bernie and Peter King from noon to one on St. Patrick's Day. Bernie pulling double duty. This Thursday, 77 WABC is giving away free, limited edition, 77 WABC St. Patrick's Day pins. How about that? To get yours, go to wabcradio.com slash pin and celebrate St. Patrick's Day with 77 WABC. That's wabcradio.com slash pin for your free 77 WABC St. Patrick's Day pin to my left, looking sharp and all black in his Burberry jacket, is uh, the very handsome, very famous defense attorney, long friend of mine from our days together at Poly Prep over 40 years ago, and uh, long friend of Bernie as well, the very handsome Joe Tacopina. 
Uh, I'm going to sit here and watch while they tow your car. Yeah, you're, <laughs> I mean, you just left the middle of the street. It's a bus stop, right? What are you doing? It. Is somebody in it? It's in a bus stop. You should have just, it's just, just phoned up, phoned, you know. Well, you should have sat in your car and called us. Your flashes are on at least, thank God. We would have waved here. Keep an eye on that car, please, because it is going to be hilarious. You can actually see the car across the street, Takapina. You see me almost get hit by a bus. I saw you run. Almost get hit by a bus. A U-Haul truck almost hit you. By the way, if the U-Haul truck did hit you. I'd feel worse for the U-Haul truck than I feel for you. That's how big and strong you are. <laughs> oh but uh, listen, uh, before we get the conversation going, don't worry, your car, he'll watch the car for you. <laughs> um, you were on last week. Bernard was out. And you were on your way to Westchester for this huge shaken baby case. And uh, the odds were stacked against you. It's been the case with you a lot during your career, whether it's been famous people like Lilo Broncado, Meek Mill, you know, DiCaprio, Foxy Brown, Alex Rodriguez. To, uh, you know, a TSA case, to a shaken baby case. Uh, no one has won more than you. Nobody's got a higher winning percentage than you. I remember years ago, the Daily News did a great column, which I've read time and time again, about all your wins. I feel like your win last week, the shaken baby case, may have been your most gratifying of all. Is that fair? Sid, it's probably true. Um, you know, every win is gratifying because it means so much to that particular client and their family. But last week's case was an uphill battle. I mean, the lawyer that was representing my client, Kevin Holloway, told him to take a plea to seven years in jail uh, <laughs> because you can't win a shaken baby case. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's junk science, inclusion by exclusion, but it's scary stuff because you have the emotions of a, a baby who's, who's dead. Um, we went to trial and we won. Uh, he was wow. acquitted of everything. Um, thank God to that jury in, in White Plains. And, you know, thank God to the the science. I mean, the science really. Can you get it. emotional as an attorney? Oh, You're allowed to cry. Oh, no, I'm being serious. Have Sid, you cried? Have you? You know, Sid, I, you know, when I'm in there, I'm in a zone that is so intense. Like, you know, my IQ jumps up 5,000 yeah, points when yeah. I'm inside the well of a courtroom. But when I summed up in that case, at the end, and at the end of most of my summations, I do a, a sort of an emotional sort of conclusion that, that addresses the jury and, and sort of the magnitude of the moment. Mm. And I looked at the client and I looked at his wife behind me and I, was, I said, you know, it's my privilege and my honor. Represent Kevin Holloway in his time of need. I saw the wife crying. Oh wow! And boy, did my chin, you know, yeah. start that lower yeah. buckle thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. that happens. Uh, uh, and when the jury's reading that verdict, um, you know, Chad was right next to me. Chad, Chad's, a, by the way, you know, Chad he gets Siegel. as much credit for this as I do. He's yeah. Chad Siegel's and just an amazing. You have two great attorneys: uh, Chad Siegel and Matthew Diorio. They're both great. Absolutely. Attorneys. And Chad was. He looked over Chad. He had a light gray mask on. He was full blown bawling. Oh uh, wow! And I was like. Oh, my God. Which, you know, got me a little bit. We've been together 20 years. I've not quite seen that before from, from him. So it was an amazing, amazing win. You know, a case that was really stacked against the client. And it's, you know, these shaken baby cases that really, they are scary things. My first and, and hopefully my last, but they are wow. scary, scary things. And by the way, Joe, when the uh, jury sees you get emotional defending your client, I mean, it has an impact on them as well. They, would, be, they actually believe you're sincere. They, you know, you're telling uh, facts, truth. Bernie, you're right, and and that's exactly you know, and I don't do it for I, you can't concoct that, you can't make up an emotional moment because it looks contrived. But when mine happened, and it did happen last week, um, some of the jurors were crying, and when I see jurors crying, and you know, they at least I understand they're 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 not being cold, and they appreciate what's going on. They appreciate the magnitude of what what they're experiencing and what they're doing, and the burden on them, by the way. Um, you know, to, to make this life-altering mm. decision. So mm. it's, it's very, very important and very true um, that you will. And by the way, you know, when you talk about facts, all I did in my summation was point out the testimony that really showed that this guy was innocent. So I was, you know, but still, you have the emo- I wasn't concerned about the facts or the evidence in that case. I was concerned about the sympathy and the emotion. And, and thank God Kevin Holloway is home with his two other children now and his 
wife and you know the families now can begin the the healing process. Your job fascinates me, and I'm married to a defense attorney, Danielle. She's terrific too. She's great, as you are, Arthur Idala, a host of others, and. I often ask her, I go, would you take this case, would you take that case? You and I have had these discussions, so have you and Bernie. And, uh, for example, if Vladimir Putin called you last week and said, I'm up for war crimes, who you represent me, uh, you, you, would you, I think you, you stop a terrorist. Is that what you said to me? I stop a terrorist? Well, would Putin, I'd have him come in the office, I'd meet him, <laughs> just where I could strangle him yeah. and murder him right in my office. I mean, oh, are are be... you that mad at Vladimir Putin? Yeah, yeah. What are you so angry about? What's the matter? This is an animal. He's, He's an, an animal. animal. Right. I, you know, you're, I heard Bernie and, and, and I heard you talking before and, and you guys are right. And we, this is not all war. We don't need World War III. Um, you know, but on the other hand, what he's doing to, to human beings, innocent children and, and, and women and people, um, guy's an animal. Look, anyone, first of all, tell me how he's the richest man in the world when he's been a cop all his life. Not anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> not anymore. He's, he's taken there. a beat in the last you know, couple of weeks. But, but seriously, he's just, you know, he's, to me, he's just an animal. So you wouldn't, would, you wouldn't represent him? Either. Of course not. I would he's never got full him. style, and he's a piece of garbage. <laughs> hey, let me, would you represent, uh, this uh, video has gone viral, up in Yonkers, a big, burly black man. He ran up uh, uh, behind an Asian woman in her apartment building, sucker punched her from behind, then actually ground and pounded her, punched her, they counted it, 125 times, kicked her seven times, and, uh, I mean, would you represent no, a guy like no, that? Bernie, look, for me— And by and the I, way, what is behind these these black-on-Asian crimes? Yeah, that illness, mental illness, you know, despicable human beings, um, and, and, and there's nothing more, but there's zero chance. He could have— he could offer me $5 million to represent him up front, and I wouldn't even think about it because for me to represent someone, Bernie, you know this. I've been with both of you guys in, in, in various legal matters. True. I have to believe in, in, in the cause. I have to love the client. I mean, right. I have to really feel like I'm in a bunker with that client. Right. If I hate someone so badly, I'd be the worst lawyer for them. I'd be, I mean, better off getting some you know guy on court treat or something like that. There's no <laughs> yeah. way. You know, you're the exception, I think, in that regard. Yeah, but you know what? My life has never been dictated by, by what's in my bank account. I'm, you know, I grew up you know, Sid and I grew up the same way yep. with, with not much. I mean, we, 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 have we, we never nice, missed a meal. We never right. missed a meal. Right. But we right. certainly, you know, would, you know. We weren't Danny Fogliano or Gary No, Hatt. no, exactly. Right. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> those mansions over there. Right. And, and you know, so whatever. I, I like to be able to look myself in the mirror, love what I'm doing. And, and if, you know, look, knock on one, I'm not, you know, I've been very, very fortunate when it comes to, to being successful from a financial standpoint. But on the other hand, that is not what dictates what I do, and especially at this point in my life, there's no way. You know, I used to make a joke, the presumption of innocence commences upon payment of retainer. Um, <laughs> I think sometimes it's true. I mean, I'll take people who I may not love, right. but somebody I hate, there's no shot. Well, you, 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 didn't, you didn't like your own Vantage loot. You may have thought he was innocent, you know, which you're crazy, but, but no, you didn't no, like I'm not crazy. Well, I, no, I got him vindicated, too. I, well, I got him... I know, because you're a great attorney, yeah. but the girl's still dead. He still well, did but it. But when the family came back to me to represent him in the Peru case, you I said no. no. I said no. I, I know that. I said no because I, I looked that. into the case Good. and I didn't believe him. Yeah, there you go. By the way, you're looking at the very handsome face of Joe Takapina, founder of the law offices of Takapina, Siegel, and Diorio, dear friend of both of me and Bernie, and uh, as good as it gets when it comes to uh, to, uh, to his profession. So your good buddy, uh, Andrew Cuomo, mm. is uh, <laughs> has just yesterday made his second, made his second advertisement where he is inching his way back towards running for governor. Right now he's only three points behind Kathy Hochul, three points behind. I mean, this is becoming a reality that not only will Andrew Cuomo run, he can win Joe Takapita. Which is insane because, like, last week he was disgraced. I mean, it was like, I think it was, like, what, two weeks ago or something what like that? It? What happened? Well, that, that really an indictment on Kathy Hochul. 
That's what that is. That's a big true, indictment on Kathy Hochul, um, yeah. who I don't think is fit to be governor, by the way. You know, when you back into these, these, these roles and she's all of a sudden thinks she was elected by <laughs> a landslide or something, the way she's acting. Right. Um, you know, but, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, I can't even believe. Come on. This is New York State. We don't have anyone better. No. And these two? No. That's it? No, no we I mean, do. We, we've got Lee Zeldin. We've got Andrew Giuliani. We've got well, Rob Astorino. On they're on side, the other team. Yeah. Right. They're on our team, me and Bernie's team. But on their side, that's a bad team. I think I'm Joe. on your team, too. You are on my team. You, got, you hey. guys got me over the years. You guys got me over the years. I've, I've come around Bernie, there's another one. I love it. I love it. Another convert. You know what? Forget <laughs> TikTok influencers. We are influencers right here on the Bernie and Sid show. You guys are. I listened to you enough, and at first I thought it was all propaganda. Right. And, now you and a lot of nonsense. But right. here's the thing. In reality, now, a lot I don't of think, I don't think you're 100% of, I, don't, I don't agree with 100% of it, but I agree with, with the majority of what you guys are saying. Because at the end of the day, I'd like to call it like I see it. I don't like to be partisan, honestly. I'm and not listen, you're, you're a defense attorney, yep. so these bail reform things, they work out well for some of your clients. But even you, you can't believe yeah, but, how but, crazy you know, it is. Exactly. And look, they work out well for my clients, I guess, in, in, in some instances. I don't really deal with a lot of people who are struggling to make bail, so they don't really affect my practice. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, right. But, but on the other hand, you know, I, I'm a human being. I'm a citizen. I like the rule of law. I like to have, you know, be able to walk in New York City without worrying about some guy coming with a baseball bat, knocking me out. Or my kids out, and that well, that that wouldn't actually be a good example because I'd rip his head out. <laughs> but but and then be able to walk home to his you know wherever wherever he goes to at night and and be free after before the an hour p- police jail. finish the paperwork for God's exactly. sake. No kidding. Hey, no quickly, kidding. Joe Takapina, uh, uh, waning minutes here. Uh, Jesse Smollett, I got to get your opinion uh-huh. on uh, the juicy Smollett. You would never a you you would never represent him, and b what did you think of that performance and the sentence of only one hundred fifty days. Look, I mean, the guy obviously, I think, has, has mental issues, you know, and, and the fact that he's now becoming a racist thing and he did the, the fist of rage on the way out of the courtroom, I mean, please, you're, he's a criminal. I mean, that was that guy the most guilty guy. I mean, even, I don't even think I would be able to get him off. No, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. No, well, no, I don't not even that. Jesus. I probably, no, no, yeah, but I, yeah, I could probably help him. But anyway, I wouldn't. I wouldn't is what I'm saying. I wouldn't because that was just some insane stuff. It was left. And People like left. Robin Roberts believed it. Can you believe that? Oh, my God. I mean, they have witnesses who had no motive to lie, who, who you know, got in trouble themselves for doing what they did. I mean, the, the videotape, I mean, please, please, the rehearsal dinner. I mean, all of it was not I mean, it was such a joke. Yeah. But, well, listen, congratulations on that win last week. I know how much it meant to you. I know the amount of work you put in. And, again, you've got a laundry list of very, very impressive wins, again, from very famous people to, to, to folks on the street. Uh, this one was important to you, and we're very happy you got the win. You are the best attorney out there, and congratulations. Thank you, brother. Thanks. Oh, there goes the car. They're, they're taking the, it away right yes, now. Yes, the car's gone. <laughs> oh, you better go I've get it. Watching, he he may be the best attorney, but he's taking the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying in the city next time I do this show, hey. believe me. <laughs> Fourth and final hour of Bernie and Sid on this Tuesday morning is coming at you next. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Download it. It's very, very entertaining and informative. Great programming on this radio station. Thanks to Mr. John Katsimatidis, who, by the way, was on Fox News at like 6.45 this morning. This man, he was out at a gala dinner fundraiser last night with uh, Sid Rosenberg and, and Lydia Serrani. 
And up early on Fox News, this man is amazing. The Energizer Bunny saved WABC single-handedly. And thank God for it. We're also a simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Also on your smart TVs, on your computers, at WABCradio.tv, where by uh, tomorrow you can watch uh, my boy Sid Rosenberg. He's going to start to grow his beard yeah. in, uh, in anticipation of his acting, uh, well, not debut, but his, well, his Hollywood acting debut. Well, it's, my, it's my movie debut. I've done the TV series uh, Gravesend, obviously, which is all inside this Inside Radio column. But this is my first uh, movie uh, uh, opportunity. I've got two more coming this summer. But I have to tell you that uh, it's not a small thing. Like, I'm such an erotic freak. I'm an idiot. I know I am. Uh, that this whole growing the hair on the sides of my head and growing the beard, I'm, like, completely freaked out, Burn. Like, completely freaked out. Like, I'm going to be flying to LAX on Sunday morning with all these beautiful people. I'm going to look old. You know, like, haggard and white-haired, unshaven, and it's completely yeah. freaking me out. But then you know, I was like... It's for the role, you idiot. I'm like, okay. He's not hey, paying me like like Robert De Niro for Raging Bull. I was just going to say, I was going to use that as an example. Raging Bull, he got fat. and uh, He you made know. $20 million. Are you dedicated to your craft or not? Which I am. Is it? I am, so I'm going right. to start growing it today. You will not see me shave again. So by the time you and I are done on Friday, you'll see a noticeable difference. And then, of course, I'll shave by the time I get back the following Monday because next week I won't be here with you. Right. Well, uh, and I will miss you dearly. Uh, I you say too, that. buddy. Thank you. But I'm, I'm going to annoy you and text you and call you from California and all that stuff. Please and, do. Please do. <laughs> hey, listen, the bright side, you, you're starting to look uh, homeless. Is that they caught the uh, serial homeless killer? So he's in not going to kill me. He won't mistakenly put a, a couple in your, uh, in your <laughs> gut uh, just for the hell of the fun. So you're safe along those lines. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, uh, listen, we've been talking a lot. Uh, the, the war thing is really tedious at this point. I'm sorry to say, a lot of suffering. But uh, it's the same thing every single day. Uh, by the way, that guy Zelensky, he's going to address the Congress tomorrow night, our Congress. He's going to address them virtually, of course. But uh, I would imagine, I'm guessing that, uh, you know, knowing these, uh, these uh, the, the broadcast networks might take it. I'm su- sure the cable news networks are all going to take it. But anyway, Zelensky is going to address uh, both uh, houses of Congress tomorrow night. And uh, the whole, you know, it's all tied into this energy talk that we have that Joe Biden crushing the energy sector. That would alleviate prices of, uh, you know, prices at the pump, the gas and home heating oil prices. And therefore, uh, you know, the price of goods on the shelves and grocery stores, all that stuff. But it all comes down to arrogance with these people. They know what's better. They know what's best. They know what they want. They don't want us to have energy independence or energy dominance. They are dedicated to this stupid religion called global warming. It's really ridiculous. It's suicidal. It's killing us. It's hurting us. And this schmuck, and this is cut number 10, Lou, uh, this uh, little boy, this uh, fake uh, you know, uh, war hero, Pete Buttigieg, who couldn't tell you enough how much uh, he was in the Navy. He never even went to boot camp, this guy. He was like a, he, he drove around an admiral or something at Bagram Air Base, with, and there was no danger whatsoever. Either way, he's a total phony. He's, uh, he's nowhere to be found. The supply chain crisis is there because of him, not, because of, uh, uh, not in spite of his efforts to, to uh, do something about it because he did nothing about it. Anyway, he said this on 60 Minutes. You, 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 you're complaining about the prices at the pump? Listen to what he said on 60 Minutes. What if you live in a multifamily dwelling? 
and uh, especially for some of the urban uh, lower-income people who stand the most to gain by having an electric car and saving that gas money, but only if they have a place to charge it. And then rural folks who could gain a whole lot because they drive long distances, and they're going to save a lot of gas money. Multi-family dwelling. Mm-hmm. What is that? I don't know. It's an apartment is. building. Just Basically, say it's stupid. Yeah, yeah exactly. Idiot. Right? Yeah. And where, where are these people? These are $60,000 cars. You live in the city. You live in a, a, a multi-family dwelling in the Bronx. You can't afford a $60,000 car. And where the hell are you going to charge it, you moron? <laughs> yeah, this guy just this guy pisses me off to no end. I, I, I cannot stand this, this little freak who, by the way, couldn't run South Bend, couldn't fix the potholes in South Bend, Indiana, and now he's the uh, transportation secretary in the United States. It really is terrible. Hey, listen, Bill Maher said something in addition to all the other things he said, uh, how the party left him, blah, blah, he didn't leave the party, the, the, or the, the Democrat Party, or the liberal cause. He also said this, uh, cut 24, Lou. He talked about COVID, and we've been saying this for a long time. He speaks common sense, but listen to him. We'll opine on the other side. Cut 24, please, Lou. I'm not fat-shaming. I'm fat-splaining that, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, absolutely, but science is not, and those facts are unforgiving. When you look at the number of people who died, you didn't have to be that much overweight to have a much worse outcome, having to go to the hospital, having to get ventilated. I was talking about this before COVID and got lambasted by James Corden and other people who attacked me. Oh, Bill, you're such a bad person. Again, I'm not shaming people. I'm just saying we were never going to solve the health care crisis in this country until we get our arms around this thing. And we're not allowed to talk about it or else you're a bad person. And... Anyone who doesn't, I'm sorry, you have blood on your hands. Anyone in the media who doesn't talk about this because you're so afraid of the reaction, you have blood on your hands because you're not doing these people a favor. Okay, that was good. The wow. cut could have been about half the length, but either way. That was good. It was very good, very good, and he's right about that. We said it a million times. You're not shaming anybody. You're trying to help them. You're trying to help people. If they're overweight in this era of COVID, and you never heard that on TV. Lose weight, fat people. Lose weight, and you you stand less of a chance of dying. People were so afraid Luke to say Luke is offended. It. Luke just got offended. I'm not going to lie to you. He did. I he don't got believe offended. it. Yeah. Uh, he's not a snowflake, is he? Uh, he got offended. He is fat. Is he crying? <laughs> well, yeah, Bernie, I'm absolutely sobbing right now. You should uh, you should see me <laughs> yeah. in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? You're not fat, by the way. You're, you're like a chubby cute, you know. There's also, believe it or not, a new variant. You're no fireman, I'll tell you that. I'm sorry? There's a a new variant of COVID. It came out in Europe, believe it or not. Isn't it like a combination of the Delta and and the other one? Very good, Sid. Sid Rosenberg knows his stuff. I know what's going on, brother. It's it's called, and they're calling it the Delta Cron. Yeah, the Delta Cron, right. right. It is the combination now. Stupid. And uh, so so let's go to a reliable source on how we should feel about this new Delta Cron, which is going to probably be hearing about in the news today listen to rand paul dr senator rand paul on the new delta cron i don't think we should get hysterical about a new variant i think we should be patient and see how big a deal it is and whether or not it's deadly or not there you go so so relax everybody if dr paul says relax i'm relaxed and uh, so i'm not worried about it whatsoever now let me segue to this this is something you talked about yesterday said you talked about the king richard and the, this is the Williams sisters' father, and there's a movie out, and you raved about the movie. I you thought it was it. great. I thought uh, I thought Will Smith playing Richard Williams in the movie was nothing short of spectacular. Did I hear uh, years years ago that Phil Mushnick not accuse him of anti-Semitism or something? Maybe I'm wrong. Who, Richard Williams? 
Yeah. Oh, would that really shock you? He, hate, he hates everybody. He no, hated no, no. White I, people. I, and... it, would, it wouldn't shock me whatsoever. Yeah. I just want to get it right. I mean, I yeah, just... there's, he, the whole movie, he's got this, in real life, obviously, this huge, huge chip on his shoulder. I mean, it, it, for a guy that did the improbable, right, he had these two young girls. He had other daughters, by the way, the lawyers, doctors. And, and from the day they were born, he said, they're going to be champs. And to actually have it come true, the last scene of the movie, he goes to Serena. She's all upset. He goes, listen, Venus had just lost to Rancho's Vicario. She wasn't number one yet, but she was starting to make money. Now I'm going to have a $12 million contract. He goes, listen, Venus is going to be the number one player in the world, Serena, but you're going to be the best player ever. She was like 10. She hadn't played one competitive match yet. So all this work that he did, he actually made it happen. But he was well, such a jerk-off along the way, you couldn't even appreciate the whole thing. You know, say what you want about him, his personality, dislikable, even. And, and I'm not saying he ever said anything anti-Semitic. I thought I heard that. He might not have. I apologize if he hasn't. But this is a perfect example of the dad's influence on yeah. the lives of oh, the yeah. kids. Oh, yeah? This is like, this is a... He would right take he'd take them out to these courts in Compton. They'd be shooting guns in and around them. He would take them out, Bernie, in driving rainstorms. They had a schedule. They stuck to the schedule. And by the way, by the way, the girls never complained. Now, that may have been made for Hollywood. I don't know. But they never complained when they were, were practicing in the rain in Compton, California, or playing for Rick Macy, who my daughter Ava played for down in Boca Raton. Never once in the movie does Serena and or Venus complain and not thank their father no matter what the conditions were. You know, I can't stand Serena Williams. I really can't. But uh, either way, you have to hand it to her, the work ethic, and, and particularly him uh, as a dad, what he did. So I just wanted to put that out there before I go to this next clip, which is uh, they had this Critics' Choice Award uh, show the other night. Sunday night. Was. Sunday, Sunday night. Sunday night, the Critics' yeah. Choice. There's this woman named Jane Campion. Yeah. Uh, she's a director. I don't know what the hell she directs. I don't even care what she directs. But she accepted her award, and while she was up there, she made she alluded to the Williams sisters, at, at their struggle versus her struggle uh, against male directors and winning that uh, award she won. This is what she said. Take a listen to Jane Campion. I'd also just like to uh, give my love out to my fellow, 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 the guys. <laughs> The nominees and and you know Serena and Venus, you are such marbles. However, you do not play against the guys. <laughs> like I have to. <laughs> mm, she's right. She's right. I mean, there's a woman's tour, so it was difficult for them to get in because they were black. Obviously, every agent is white. Nike's all, but but they do play in a women's tour. Uh, bro, bro, this lady got filleted she for did? saying that. Really? Totally, completely filleted. Well, why? Because how dare you say anything negative whatsoever about the Williams sisters uh, at an awards dinner? I, I disagree with that. Look, now, she, 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 she's she's fight. That's a man's world, still, Bernie. I am not filleting her. No, I'm telling well, you, I, she I think got one, one of the arguments was that they played in like a mixed. They both won mi several mixed doubles. That's fine. Championships, that's which is fine. men and women. But uh, that's fine. still, it's but, only but like... They play on the women's tour. And this yeah. lady is, is involved in a business where producers and directors and writers are all white. They just are. I mean, I mean, they're all men, I should say. Not white. They're all men. So, for whatever it's worth, I don't know this lady either, Bernie. I don't care. But her point was right. Well, that she plays that, that they don't play against men. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is she, true. And she has, she has to fight all these men to be a producer and a director in Hollywood. She's right. And uh, even if they, she did, they did play against the men. The men play, uh, we talked about it before, the men play five sets. 
Right, in the right. Uh, Grand Slam uh, tournaments. Correct. Whereas the women play three. Correct. And, uh, you know, they, spay, they make uh, – and, and it's similarly with, uh, you know, women's sports, the WNBA, the court, the balls are smaller, no? Yeah. Well, the uh, the balls are smaller. It's a much different game. I mean, tennis is exactly the same game, though the duration of of the right. match is just different. It's three sets instead of five. But as great as Serena is, and she's the greatest female tennis player of all time, it's not even close. I know Navratilova was great too, but she is clearly the concise winner. She cannot beat just about every man on the man's tour. But I know Billie Jean King had that win years ago against some guy who played tennis on Saturdays in Boca or Delray Beach. But uh, she cannot beat any of the real, real good men's players around the world. And she is far and away the greatest female player ever. But you did not dare not say. I anything just said it. I just the said it. Sisters. <laughs> I know me. I'm old people. <laughs> oh no, you didn't. Oh no, you didn't. Sid Riggs. <laughs> oh, Bernie. Oh my God, you're right. Listen, uh, we're going to play Beat Bernie. We're going to come back. 1-800-848-9222. Give us a call. Talk about whatever you want on the Bernie and Sid Show. We'll be be right back. Rocky Balboa takes out the evil Russian Drago and had that great speech. We can all be good together. Whatever the hell he said, it was nonsense. <laughs> Americans and the Russians. And uh, here we go again. The, uh, the Cold War is back, everybody. Putin, again, is the most evil man in the world. We hate the Russians. Except, of course, if you're uh, Justin Ellick and you're banging one. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Need a contestant for uh, Beat Bernie coming up um, in a uh, in a little bit here, we'll play uh, we'll play beat Bernie because we love that. It's, it's a big game today, very big game today. What is the theme of today's beat Bernie? Maybe any theme today? No, nothing. <clears throat> no, just your standard trivia. Yeah. Um. No, no theme necessarily. Why are you looking for one? No, I don't care. Okay. No. Are we done with all the months and all that? Oh, this is still at the National Women's Month, right? Yeah, and then you know the year goes and they, uh, they recycle one another. Oh, wait, all wait, these wait, events. Wait, wait, wait. And... It's, it's Thursday is St. Patrick's Day. No, Indeed. we're not done. Indeed. Well, no, we're going to play a St. Patrick's Day version. I'm right. sure. We got the biggest one coming up. We got the biggest one coming up on Thursday. Well, that's the biggest one. That is huge. It's huge. I think. Uh, yeah, I think even even if you're not Irish in America, people people get. Amped up for St. Patty's Day. Okay, very good. So uh, Takapina was in studio moments ago. And, uh, well, here we go again, Bernard. So what he does is when he comes into studio every now and then to be on the show with you and I. He invites you out to lunch. You son of a gun. See, I know what time it is. I, I swear to God to the listening audience and to all of you guys here, I did not say a word to Bernard. Not a word about that. That's exactly what happened. And now you, you, you said yes and you don't want to go. Well, let me get... <laughs> 
<laughs> he's such a he's so good, buddy. So <laughs> we talked about going to Cipriani's downtown, which we did uh, last year. We had a blast. And then he's like, I'll tell you what. If you want to go all the way downtown, we can do Serafina right here by 60th and Madison or Avra, which is a great Greek restaurant, which me and Danielle love, which is also like right here, like 60th and Madison. And um, I said yes, as you just said, Bernard, you're right. And I'm sitting here torturing myself because Gabriel is home from school. He started spring break. So he's in the apartment, and i got to get home at some point and get Gabe lunch because he's still not at the point yet where he can really make himself something to eat. So whether I get him pizza, McDonald's, whatever is a sandwich. So i got to get Gabe something to eat. I'm exhausted anyway. I was out late last night at the Plaza Hotel up early this morning. So, yes, you're right. So now I'm torturing myself about going for lunch. But I've decided to do it. I'm going to do it. They got to make it. Uh, he's got to make it at uh, noon. And if he makes it at noon, I'll go for lunch. If not, then uh, I'm going to have to cancel and have Bruce Blakeman go instead. How about that? To have Bruce Blakeman. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about Bruce Blakeman, he is, in fact, the Nassau County executive. Uh, I believe, and I said the same thing last week to Annie, just so you know. I said the same thing to Ann Donnelly last week, that Donnelly and Blakeman both won largely in part because of us, because of me and you, Bernard. Blakeman uh, went on to defeat Laura Curran. And has done an amazing job so far as a Nassau County executive. Here he is, back on the Bernie and Sid on the Morning Show, our friend Bruce Blakeman. Bruce, good morning, pal. How are you? Hello, Bruce. Good morning, guys. And you're absolutely right. Every place I go, people are always saying, hey, I heard you on Bernie and Sid. I heard you on Bernie and Sid. So there you go. guys got a big following. Uh, well, thank you. And, and, and we did a couple of events together leading up to your victory, which, again, you've done a tremendous job since you've taken over, you've been a real rational voice, Bruce, in a world gone crazy. And that continues today. You've got a trip to Albany. Just please don't end your trip the way Eric Adams did with a door slamming in his face and all kinds of excuses why he can't change anything. Please tell me, Bruce, that no matter what the reception is in Albany today, you're going to make some noise. Well, actually, uh, I'm on my way right now driving up to the People's Republic of Albany. <laughs> and I expect that uh, I expect that my reception there will be somewhat frosty uh, because the leadership in Albany, which is all one party, Democrat Party rule, they are so out of touch. I don't know if you guys saw the New York Post today, but Lee Zeldin is actually beating Kathy Hochul. In yes. Poll. Yes. We saw that. Forty six. Forty six percent. That's a big yeah. deal. Right. And that's just a rewind of my election and Annie Donnelly's election, because Nassau County is typically a county that leans Democrat. But we have a lot of rational and reasonable Democrats. We've got smart, independent voters and we've got enthusiastic Republicans. And they're going to replicate that on the state. You're going to see a red wave across the state. It's going to be something like we haven't seen in 20 years and I really believe that Lee Zeldin will be our next governor because people are fed up. Yeah, this is definitely a pivotal, seminal year. And if the Republicans screw this up, we're done forever, forever. This is the year to get things done. The red wave, as you predict, will happen, hopefully. But we have to play our cards correctly. I mean, the electorate across the country, they realize that the Democrats, not only in Albany, but, you know, the idiocracy down in Washington, D.C., that these are woke, incompetent misfits. They can't they couldn't run a hot dog stand, these idiots. And they're, they're poisonous, too. I mean, uh, uh, with energy, the energy uh, uh, policy of Joe Biden, with the no cash bail law of the state legislature up in Albany, that's getting people killed left and right. 
We have to get the message out. We cannot drop the ball this time around. It's now or never. It's now or we're doomed, uh, Bruce Blakeman. What do you think? You're, ab- you're, a- you're absolutely right. These folks in Washington and Albany, it screw up a one-car funeral procession. <laughs> but let me tell you something. We as Republicans, we're in a big minority here. So we got to come together. And like you said, this is an opportunity that's not going to come for another 20, 25 years at best. So if we don't take advantage of this and win, uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen to the state. It's really sad. And that's why people got to get off their couch. They got to make sure they get out to vote. They got to get their friends and family out to vote. And they got to vote for common sense. They got to vote for public safety, law and order, and lower taxes and less regulation so that we can be a competitive and safe state again. What is up with the Republican Party? We were just having this conversation last hour, me and Bernie, Bruce Blakeman, and, you know, the Democrats are evil people. Uh, uh, not all of them, but too many, too many, okay? There's very few common-sense Democrats, let's be honest, okay? Uh, but the one thing they are is they're, they're together. You know, they, they never backstab, they never turn on each other. They're always there for each other. On our, in our party, we got the Mitt Romneys and the Liz Cheney's and the, the McConnell's and the, the Ryan's years ago, and, and uh, we can't seem to agree on anything, and we've got something obvious to push Something obvious to push that can really make a difference. We don't push it. What is the problem with the Republican Party? Uh, because basically we, pay, we play by the Marcus of Queensbury rules uh, rather than be street fighters like the Democrats are. Uh, you know, but we, we're we losing. But, but, but Bruce, we're losing. At some point, you got to change your fight style. It's like Rocky used to fight left. You know, we used to switch hands when when he found the the opposition was ready to to, to get beat. He'd go back to his his real side, his left side. We got to change it up if we're not winning. Well, you know what? I, I think that if people follow the model that we've set in Nassau County, where we're taking the fight to the Democrat Party. Uh, if they replicate that through the state and the nation, we'll start winning elections. But we can't be, you know, we can't be reticent. We can't be afraid to take on the tough issues and to be afraid of being criticized by, you know, the mainstream media, which is, is all woke. Absolutely right. Bruce Blakeman on the Bernie and Sid Show. He is the Nassau County Executive. And to your point, to Bruce Blakeman, to my point that I'm, I'm going to make right here, uh, I, I say you have to name and shame these Democrat politicians. For example, we did it here in Nassau County with Todd Kaminsky. He was the face of the no-cash bail law that's gotten people killed left and right, and it was very, very effective. And it was an issue uh, w- which everybody could understand, comprehend, and, and take the right side on, which is it's a horrible law. Now, there are other issues as well, and I would point to this. Uh, for example, down in Florida, they have the parental rights legislation. I think here in New York, uh, people should, the Republicans should push a bill just like that. Uh, they should try to pass parental rights legislation. I think they should do it in every state. But in other words, put the re, uh, Democrats on the defensive. Make them, force them to say that they want some, you know, nose ring wearing, uh, pink haired teacher in second grade talking sex to your kids. We should put them on record as saying that. Put that law out there. Put them on the defensive. This is a kind of this is the fight we want to have with the, these people. I would say you got to think out of the box this year, particularly. Well, you know, you're absolutely right, and we should do that in New York. And it's interesting you should say that because I met a mom the other day. She told me that she voted for me only for one reason: that she was tired of the state messing 
with her ability to make decisions for her children. And this is a woman who voted for Joe Biden. She told me she voted Republican because she said that I'm the parent, not the state. And I thought that was very instructive that, you know, we've got to let people know what exactly the state's trying to do. This isn't the typical liberal Democrat from 20 years ago. These people are woke. These people are out of the mainstream. They are far left. They're socialists. And by the way, many of them are anti-American. Yeah, 60 seconds to go, Bruce. You mentioned earlier in the conversation that you don't expect the reception to be very warm when you arrive in Albany in a few hours. Uh, Frigid may be an understatement, but uh, what's a win for Bruce Blakeman today? Well, what's a win? Well, I'm just going to go up there. I'm meeting with other county executives and trying to rally them around the state to continue the fight against this stupid bail reform law. And now the state is trying to control local government and take all the control away from local government and centralize it, just like they do in Russia. And uh, we've got to stop that. So I'm going to talk to some of the county executives and get them, you know, amped up and you know, rally together to stop the state from trying to take power away from local government. Sounds yeah, good. we have to convey the notion that uh, Andrea Stewart-Cousins and Carl Heastie uh, they're they're the Grim Reapers. They're complicit in murder. We have to really, really put it out there that these people are dangerous. They're getting people hurt, getting people killed. I know it's not an easy thing to do, but Bruce Blakeman, we wish you all the best in your efforts today. Godspeed. Bruce Blakeman, Nassau Ow. County Executive. What's hey, thank you, guys. I always have fun and appreciate being on your show. You got it, pal. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. There he is, Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman. I still need a contestant for Beat Bernie coming up next. Your chance to take on the smartest guy in New York and win yourself 100 bucks. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Beat Bernie brought to you by Pete Morgan and Piotr Sporters is coming up next. Now, it's time to Beat Bernie. It's time to Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to Beat Bernie. So the job of a call screener is to put the name of the person down in what town they're calling from, or city or state. It's only my guys, of course. He puts down, Mike is about to play Beat Bernie, and, and there's no question he's got the place wrong. He's got like three different towns mixed into one. He's got Quag and Patchog. And <laughs> I will show you this Google search right after the show. What is that? This is a real place. So, so here's the best part wow. of Poughkeepsie. Who the hell knows? So I go to Luke. I go, Luke, can you find out which one of these places? Is it Poughkeepsie? Is it Quag? Is it Patchog? And, and only on my show, he goes, you ask him. I said, wait a second. Yeah, but he didn't say it like that. He wasn't fresh about it. It doesn't matter how he said it. He's the call screener. He's supposed to put the name of the guy. And I'm the actually exact... not the call screener, but that's okay. You're not the call screener? It's, no, I it's part job. of his associate producer duties is to. He's the you call. Don't, he, you don't even know what is, I do. Is to watch the phone. He picks up the phone and accepts the call, does he not? Can, he, we, he can we ask Mike? Is that okay? No. Your job is to put the name and the town. I will ask Mike, yes. But your job is to put the name and the town, the correct town. And I did that. Oh, let's see. Mike, where are you from, pal? I'm from Poquag. It's about halfway between Poughkeepsie and the Connecticut state line in Dutchess County. And, Mike, Mike, can you spell that for us? P-O-U-G-H-Q-U-A-G. Sidney Rosenberg, take a walk. Many people think. Okay, fine. I'll give you an apology. 
I never heard of the place, so I, I thought he just missed up like a three. I owe you an apology. I've, uh, I've never seen you. You're, you're very flustered. I've never seen you like that. That's fine. I did. I wouldn't fine. accept if I was Luke. I mean, this is. How's he going to do about it? Well, I mean, just <laughs> this is like we're breaking new ground. Uh, I think you'd find out. I was wrong. Somebody, somebody get your food. When man. I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I was, was going to warn you not to go into this whole thing without uh, double checking yourself. Uh, it's but, okay, uh, fine. And when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I can admit it. Enjoy that food tomorrow. That's all <laughs> yeah. I can tell you. Mike, uh, how are you, pal? You're an attorney. What kind of attorney? I'm what do you doing practice? Good. Looking, looking forward to beating Bernie here. Okay, what, what kind of law do you practice? I do civil litigation. Okay, very boring. Uh, but you make a lot of money. That's good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, well, good luck uh, in your attempt here to beat Bernard, the champ himself. Here's number one, Mikey. What 1920s United States president had the nickname the Sphinx of the Potomac? One second here. No, you're not. No, 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 no. Calvin, Calvin Coolidge. I'm not looking at it. One second here. What are you nuts? What is the capital city? <laughs> we know what goes on in Pope Yeah, Bob. exactly. Uh, Google. What is the capital city of the country of Saudi Arabia? Riyadh. Yes. Established in July of 1952, the USPTO, for short, is an agency in the United States Department of Commerce in which the P stands for patent and the T stands for what? Trademark. Very good. Nicely done, pal. Which state can boast they have produced the most vice presidents of the United States with 11? Is it A, Massachusetts, B, Ohio, C, New York? Massachusetts. That is incorrect. Uh, Massachusetts well, has produced four vice presidents, Ohio zero, believe it or not, 11 VPs out of the home state here in New York, which include Aaron Burr, Hopkins, Van Buren, Fillmore, William Wheeler, Arthur Levy, P. Morton, Roosevelt, James Sherman, and Nelson Rockefeller. Finally, what European operation that began in 1948 was the United States Air Force's first major international challenge when Soviet forces blockaded rail road, and water access to Allied-controlled areas of Germany. What was that called? The Soviet blockade. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax should be Jesus. Not a bad answer. Uh, actually, a good answer, but it wasn't that. It was called the Berlin Airlift. All right, he got uh, two right. Is that right, Lewis? I think he got two right. He got... Uh, oh, very, very difficult questions. They were difficult, yes. He yeah, got, got two. You got two right, numbers two and three. Let's uh, welcome Bernard McGurk back into the poll. Bernie Champ, how are you, brother? Sid Rosenberg, as I live and breathe. Three, and you win today, okay? Handsome three. I like what I hear. I like what I hear. What 1920s United States president had the nickname the Sphinx of the Potomac? The Sphinx? Yeah. 1920s? Uh, let's see. Harding or Coolidge? I will go with uh, Harding. Wrong. you two-legged back of anthrax. should be Jesus. <laughs> it's the other one. Calvin Coolidge, the 30th president oh, of the United States. Yeah, that sucks. Hey, Bernie, what is the capital city of the country of Saudi Arabia? Uh, that would be uh, Saudi Arabia. That would be, uh, hold on a second, not Medina. It would be Saudi Arabia. What the hell is wrong with me? I got it on the tip of my tongue. Uh, it's too late now. It's, uh, it's Riyadh. Riyadh is the answer. Riyadh, of course. So now, of if course. you get the next three right, you still win. But if you slip up, there'll be no win for Bernard today. You know, I fell asleep waiting for you guys. What the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah. It's a long game. We have a lot to talk about here. Uh, I actually owed Luke an apology because he put the name of some town up with the caller that I didn't believe existed, but I was wrong, and Luke was right, so... 
took me a while to apologize. I'm like the Fonz, you know. Established in uh, July of 1952, the USPTO, for short, is an agency in the United States Department of Commerce in which the P stands for patent and the T, Bernard, stands for what? Trade. Yes. Well, no, well, well, give me the whole word. Trade office. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax, you Jesus. You have a patent and a trademark. Trademark. Uh, okay. Can't give you that. Uh, which state can boast that they produced the most vice presidents of the United States, Bernie, with 11? A, Massachusetts, B, Ohio, C, New York. B, Ohio. Wrong, you two-legged uh, back of anthrax, you By the way, Ohio is the only one of the three that has produced zero vice presidents. Massachusetts has produced four and New York, 11. Oh, look, I sound like such a dick. Like, uh, like what's the guy from uh, Jeopardy? Like, yeah. Like, Alex Trebek, has he had the answers yeah. in front of him? Like, I would know this. <laughs> no. 11 out of New York, Bernie. Aaron Burr, uh, George Clinton, Daniel Tompkins, Van Buren, Fillmore, William Wheeler, Arthur, Levy P. Morton, Roosevelt, James Sherman, and Nelson Rockefeller, all out of the state of New York. It's a bad job out of me, Louis. Uh, bad job out of me. Uh, Number five, for the one, for the, uh, for one get one right. This guy actually won already today. Yeah. What European operation, Bernard, that began in 1948 was the United States Air Force's first major international challenge when Soviet forces blockaded rail, road, and water access to Allied-controlled areas of Germany? It's called the Berlin Airlift. Very good. You got one right. Not good enough, though. The caller today wins the game. The attorney, Mike by a final score of 2-1, to one, Bernie, say hello to Mike. Mike, how the hell are you? Where are you from, bro? Hey, Bernie, I'm from Dutchess County, New York. We're not going to get into the town again, otherwise we'll waste five more minutes of air time. Yeah, no, we don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, but it's a beautiful area up there. It is. It's very nice. What kind of uh, law do you practice? I do civil litigation. Okay. So you're a pretty uh, it, smart it, guy. It be- very bo- it's very boring. It is, yeah, I would imagine. A lot, lot of hours uh, researching, all that stuff. I would want to shoot myself, yeah, to be well, quite this, honest with you. This was the highlight of my day. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that, but uh, it's still, it's a, it's a living. You're healthy and you're gainfully employed. I mean, uh, there's something to be said for that, no? Oh, absolutely. Work, work very hard, unlike a lot of people in this country, but we'll leave that for another day. I'll leave that to you guys. All right. Well, listen, uh, you're not planning to flee New York State or anything, are you? Not anytime soon. I got three little girls in school, so. Good for you. Well, listen, Mike, thanks for playing. Thanks for beating me. I mean, you know, it's refreshing to uh, get your ass kicked once in a while. So, uh, thanks, Mike. It uh, happens to the best of us. No doubt, no doubt. Listen, Mike uh, from Dutchess County on the Bernie and Sitcha, 1-800-848-9222. We'll close out the show right after this. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Mike Sullivan just sent me this uh, list of 28 restaurants that have stood the test of time in New York City. From Mario's to uh, Frankie and Johnny's to Lombardi's, all these cool pizza places. Forlini's, which is downtown. Bamonti's, Vinny Viola's favorite place, which is in uh, Williamsburg. I don't see his restaurant. I thought... Bo Hop down in Chinatown. I thought I would see um, Peter Luger, 23. Are you nuts? Oh, I thought I'd see Brennan and Carl, but it's not on the list. Anyway, I'm going. To, oh, there it is. Number 26 of the 28 restaurants that have stood the test of time in New York. The legendary roast beef house on Nostrand and Avenue U. Mike Sullivan's Brennan and Carl, which I'm moving much closer to. 
And uh, we'll find a way to get there maybe even every weekend. I don't know. Sweet. With sweet. you, Bernie. Me and you, Bernie. Yeah. I like what I hear. Do that we'll, together, brother. We'll take, uh, we'll take my uh, speedboat. That's what I'm talking about. You got that cig- was it, like a cigarette boat, right? You got the yeah, uh, it's a little bigger the than Don that. Johnson boat in the uh, dock there in uh, Little yeah, Beach. Well, we, we have a, uh, a, comp- a cabin you can go into, so it's bigger than what you- a cigarette boat. Okay. I am very excited about yeah. this, Bernard. Very, very excited. I uh, think I have it. Or maybe I don't. Maybe you want to ask Carol. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am going to meet uh, Takapina for lunch at another great New York uh, restaurant, Avra, coming up at uh, noon, and uh, the food's really good, and he's paying somebody even better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? Well, listen, he can afford it. Oh, he certainly listen, can. You're not a pauper, but uh, this guy... He is, uh, wow, he is wildly successful, as you know, of course. He's in a different league than I am. No I mean, doubt. I do no well, doubt. but it's not even, this guy's multi, multi, multi million than he should be. He's the best defensive That's why he country. left his car across the street. He didn't care. Didn't matter. So right. he takes my Audi or whatever the hell he has. What uh, did he have? It was like a Jag. It was like a Tesla or something, right? No, it looked, it looked like a Jaguar it to me. Like oh, a Jaguar? But I know absolutely ni- nothing about cars. Yeah. It was nice. Oh. <laughs> I know a whole lot about electric vehicles. Well, you love electric vehicles. Yes, they've convinced you that that's the way to go. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, another great show, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Great, great show today. That was fun. All of our guests were great today, from Bo Dito to Joe Takapina to Bruce Blakeman. And, of course, uh, the best of all is the other guy on this show, the great Bernie McGurk. Bernie, you were great. I love you, baby. Look who's talking, Sid Rosenberg. Love you more. The great and talented Sid Rosenberg. You were terrific. And it was fun today. I look forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow will be fun, too. Yes, Bernie. Peter King will be here leading up to Thursday. You'll get Bernie twice on Thursday. Don't forget, with me in the morning and then with Peter King from noon to 1, a special St. Patrick's Day broadcast with Peter and Bernard McGurk. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.